You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Kesky of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hello. Before we start the episode, just want to let you guys know that we love hearing from you every week. We're so glad that you're enjoying the podcast. Alan and I both love doing this so much, and we're going to continue to grow. But we need your help. If you could take a quick five seconds and hop on over to Apple Podcasts and rate the show, that will help us reach a larger audience, and it'll make me and Alan very, very happy. If you have any ideas for who we should have on the show, please send those over to james at statesidemgmt.com. Thanks so much, guys. Welcome back to the Stateside Podcast with your host, James McMillan. And to the left of me is... Alan, how's it going? Yeah. Tonight, we have a very special guest. We have producer, mix engineer and former founding member of the band Defeater. Today on the show, we have Jay Moss. Welcome to the show, Jay. What's up? Hi. Is uh, it, no is it Moss? It is Moss, actually. Okay, yeah. God. It's, as I was saying, I was like, God damn it. I didn't bother to ask. <laughs> uh, no, it's some of my longest friends mispronounce it, so it's it's normal to mispronounce it. But yeah, it's, after, yeah. it's Dutch. There's a Moss River in Holland, and that's essentially, I, apparently, where I come from. Uh, okay, so it's a Dutch origin name. Yep. Interesting. I've, yeah, I've never seen that name before. It's rare. I don't. I've only heard of others. I've never. Uh, I've never met one in the flesh. Would would be happy to. Just. Yeah, that's that's cooler than most people's names. You know, most people, like my last name is Macmillan, and that's a f- pretty common name. Mm-hmm. Sure. Especially in parts of the world, Ireland and Scotland. But yeah, um, yours is well, kind of interesting too. Ashcraft. I had never met anyone with Ashcraft. Yeah, tip. I mean, the common version is Ashcroft, right? Which, right. like, every teacher I ever had, and every, I mean, even some of my coworkers now, like, as a joke, they they call me Alan Ashcroft. But uh, yeah, you know, John Ashcroft was was probably the, one of the more famous ones. But uh, yeah, I've I've never met another Ashcraft, and I I know nothing about my lineage. I did a twenty three in me, so I know what that said about me, but it didn't tell me if like my name came from a river or you know. Yeah, I forget that you did one. What what is what's your uh, your background? Man, I'm trying to remember. Mostly uh, white guy. Yeah, like mostly British. Um, I think yep. there there was like a smidge of Italian, a lot of German, a lot of Irish. Yep. Um, nice. Yeah, it's funny they give you a big ass report, and I I like scanned it super quick. Told myself I would finish the report later, and that was like a year and a half ago. Never got back to it. Right. So yeah. Yeah, that stuff's just never. That's where James and I are real different because that stuff gets him super hard. He loves yeah, the whole I, like I get real into it where people come from and like what their breakdown is. And I'm just like, I don't know, man, I'm here. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. 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 It, gets, it gets me hard as hell. Good. Bobby. Everyone's yeah. got their thing. Yeah. 
I mean, before yeah. my wife and I have sex, we we talk about genealogy. And <laughs> yeah. We get the map out. <laughs> yeah. James' favorite porn site is Ancestry.com. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're Not going here to shame. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, where are you located in the, at the moment? You're in Massachusetts, right? Uh, yeah. So we're in my control room. Um, it's, it's funny, speaking of my name, like a lot of people think I'm Jay Mass because I live in Massachusetts. Yeah. Like, as if it's like some sort of like hardcore pseudonym, but really <laughs> it's just odd coincidence. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're in my studio. Um, we're just north of Boston here. I've been a Massachusetts resident for almost 30 years. It's crazy. I moved here right before I turned 10. Oh, uh, wow. Originally, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. That's why I might recently or soon to be reunite with you fine folks yeah. uh, back that way. So yeah, uh, been here very long time, tired of the snow, and I think mosquitoes are like the worst, so I'm, I'm good. Yeah, the, the yeah. Massachusetts has it tough. You guys have brutal winters, and then your summers are an absolute disaster. It's humid we, as fuck, and there's mosquitoes everywhere. Totally. And people yeah. are kind of mean. We, we, get, we get one hell of a fall, I will say that. The f- I mean, it's the most like adult dad thing to say, but the foliage really is <laughs> awesome. And, uh, and, you know, New England and Salem and all that, they do go hard when it yeah. comes to like, just like hamming it up on like the Halloween stuff. It's really good for the kids. And so fall here will be missed for sure. But there are many, many months that will not. Well, we have a pretty good fall too. So hopefully I'm excited to check it out. It's probably only like visually cool though for a while. Like what? End of December, end of September through like right before Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turns shitty real quick. Yeah. It gets, it gets real depressing. It it starts out like real colorful and even sunny. Yeah. 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 And then it gets dark and wet. Well, I was out there in November and I compared your depressing against my depressing and your depressing made me less depressed. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Believe it or not, like some stuff is still green in Portland. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. That's like, it's just. Oh, yeah. And like. That's yeah, right. I don't, I yeah. don't think of it that way. You're right. Places yeah. that get like legit winters, get they're also fucking dead. It's like all dead, the trees. Dead. Yeah. yeah. Gonzo. Totally. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's Never think of it that not, way. That's yeah, right. everyone gets depressed, and that's why everyone's an asshole here, and just a bunch of Irish people drinking too much, being mean to one another. It's yeah. just like every year is the same, just this horrible, horrible winter that we like think is going to end, but then last two more months than we want it to. Yeah. So anyway, moved to Massachusetts. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've been to Boston a few times, and it was a blast every time. But you know, it's different playing a show or or traveling there than it is to live there. Totally, totally. But. Um, so do you guys know whereabouts you're going to live in, in the Northwest? Um, so it'll be Portland. Um, and we're just figuring out, like, like, like I said, we have a, we have a two year old. So school districts and stuff like super adult decision stuff is totally in play. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like, I mean, I still like make punk records and stuff. Like, you know, I'm like almost 40, so I don't mind like somewhat, like I don't have to be in like the coolest of cool, like. No, I don't know. But um, yeah, we want to go somewhere nice. I, I traveled a lot in that week that I was out there visiting. Um, I liked the Northeast in some parts. Um, it reminded me kind of of here. It's like a little older yep. in some areas. It's kind um, of towny. It's it's definitely more yeah. East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. And we were staying like near Alberta Arts and there was like a bunch of stuff up on that strip that was kind of cool. But yep. we're going to rent, I think, for at least a year. 
because we just a week isn't enough to like totally get it. Um, That's a good so idea. We wanna, like, yeah, yeah. Get, get your footing here, and then you'll really know the neighborhood you want to live in after totally. that year living here. Because that, that's yeah. definitely going to change. It would be a bummer if you guys bought a house, say, in Northeast, and then you realize you actually want to live on the west side. or Yeah, I know. Wherever. Exactly. Yep. So that's kind of the plan. We figured, like, it was just rent for a year. It's no big deal. And I'm, like, the type in everything I do to just, like, educate myself to a nauseating degree. And this will be certainly no different. Th- that's, yep. th- that's great, yeah. man. That's a good yeah. habit to have. You live in uh, northeast Portland, don't you, Alan? Yeah. Yeah, I, I bought a house in September. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, I tell, you know, a lot of my friends know that I, I've i been here my whole life, like at least in the area. And I, you would think that I just moved here from Boston with how little I know about the area that people be like, where's your house? And I'm like, I, I, I don't, don't know. I, I don't I'm know. not sure. It's in Portland. They're like, yeah, but what part of Portland? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me call my realtor. Like, I have no idea. And then, you know, I slowly find out that it's, it's northeast and that I'm in between, you know, I had somebody ask me, like, what side of Burnside are you on? And I was like, no fucking idea. I like, know. I have I was like, I'll Dude, give you my address, but I can't answer. I have no I idea. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I just it's just a thing that I don't I don't really pay attention to. Uh, but yeah, I love it. My my area is kind of a um, I'm I really wanted to stay away from Gresham, which is kind of known Ugh. for being, Ugh. you know, it's sort it's of it's, it's the butthole of the city. And I was trying to stay away it's, it's a dangerous butthole too and uh i'm, I'm near <laughs> many are yeah exactly if ever there was a dangerous butthole i'm like seven blocks from it but uh yeah so like i'm close to 82nd which is you know it's just sure. a lot of used car lots and stabbings Hookers. and a couple of mcdonald's and <laughs> yeah but i'm i'm within this Sounds bubble nice. yeah I'm, I'm within this bubble <laughs> where you can tell that the city's trying to do its thing and like it, it'll be like right now on my way to work i'll, I'll go down gleason and it's like you know, really dope coffee spot that's like trying its best. And then next to that is a building that's currently on fire. And then right. next to that is another really nice yeah. coffee shop. And then a woman being stabbed next that's to it. That's the problem with Northeast. It's, but the thing is two years, two years ago, maybe three years ago, it was all buildings was on all fire bad. and all women being stabbed, Do whatever. You, uh, Jay, you were talking about Alberta, like the art district. Yep. That's like the most gentrified gentrified area in Portland. Oh, okay. One of them, at least, I would argue. Well, yeah. the the word that popped into my head when you were talking about it, because that is a dope area. I just started thinking about how expensive it is too. Yeah, but it used like, to be like the hood. It's super expensive. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, that's the bummer about Portland. Like we are pushing the black neighborhoods further and further sure. and further away. Yeah, and what yeah. was once like a black neighborhood, and albeit a terrible crime neighborhood, but now sure. it's like super hipster white yeah <laughs> I, I noticed yeah, yeah i noticed um for yeah, me it was more like i noticed it was expensive i liked there's a couple places i liked but i liked all the places that i liked that were sort of still in somewhat of the urban like i don't know surrounding area yeah uh they had like some old growth and stuff like mm-hmm. i'm big into it looking like it's been there a while but it's somewhat well kept yeah and um when i was in that area Irvington was cool i mean Laurelhurst, obviously oh super God, expensive, yeah. but totally. like beautiful. If you can afford um, it, go for it. Yeah, totally. So, um, and then what's that other one? Uh, Grant Park is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, um, I, I don't I, know. if you when you come back here, check out some of the West Side. It, it gets a lot of bad rap for for fucking good reason. It's the suburbs. That's like where sure. me and my friends grew up. Um, but I live a little bit closer. I'm actually, cl- I'm probably closer to downtown than you are. Mm-hmm. I'm right, like a five right. minute drive to downtown Portland. Right. Uh, I live on the border of Beaverton and Portland. Yep. It's a tiny little neighborhood called uh, Cedar Hills. Commonwealth Lake is the neighborhood. But anyway, yep. it's like you're talking. It's all old, like kind of Mad Men 
60s, 50s homes. Yeah. Dude, and the, the West Side is full dope. of those mid-century homes. Like, and it's so people, much cheaper. And it's a good place to raise your kid. You can walk totally. your dog. Yep. But you're also close to Portland. Yeah, we noticed that. And we're actually strongly considering that as well. So I bet no one who's listening to this podcast was like, cool, Jay Moss. Like, I'm going to get an education. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that this yeah. is like the most specific. Yeah. Hey, yeah. dude, this topic. is the fucking podcast to disappoint people, man. That's our brand. Yeah, this is our brand, okay. bro. Yeah. Oh, you people thought this was going to be a good podcast? I have so much experience with that. So yeah, it's yeah. a real estate yeah. TED Talk. Exactly. Eat Every our, week it's Eat different. our butts, dude. This yeah, is how we roll. Butts. <laughs> Anyone that listens to the show knows that. They're, they're going along with us. Yep. They know. Uh, well, speaking of, uh, assume that some of the people listening don't know your story, Jay. Can you sure. take a couple minutes and just kind of give a quick bio on, on who you are and what you do and where you come from? Uh, sure. I, I don't know how far back to go. Um, uh, go back to the day you were born. And I need you to start there. <laughs> so let's just go all the way till now. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do some two some minutes. Big, uh, some big abridging here. Now uh, it's a minute and forty five. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. No. So uh, I don't know. Like people mostly know me for uh, engineering or my old band. Um, I uh, have been in band since I was like fourteen. Got my first guitar at twelve. Went to Berkeley College of Music for a day. Realized it was a bad idea. Dropped right. out. Um, then I went for computer science, uh, almost finished, but uh, I don't know. I, I just kept touring, like touring, touring, touring. And I was in a band in late teens, early 20s for like a year, two years, whatever it was. And we, we were one of the first bands to sign to Death Wish. Mm. And it our release was the band was called Pictures of Gabriel. If you can scour the Internet for the demo, I actually think it's fucking good. We recorded with um, Kurt from Converge and like I loved that band, but the members, we had like a really hard time getting along. And so it imploded like right before we were supposed to do our Death Wish release. Um, so like no one really knows about it. And but at the time it was great. Like we were playing shows with like Last Jaw and like Poison the Well and um, HopeCon. Also, actually, right before that, the band I was in before that, this is a funny story. I went to summer school because I was a lot better at going to the skate park than I was at going to English class. Sure. So I um, had to go to summer school for English. Met a kid there. He had like uh, one of the, this dude was 97, 96, 97. He had, I'm, I'm old. He had a hemp necklace with like the three like bead X's or whatever. What? And and so I was like, hey, like I was straight edge. I was straight edge almost my whole life. Like right. the, I'm not anymore, but I almost like been straight edge almost my whole life. And I was like, I was like, uh, hey, like you straight edge, like whatever. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you like Candiria? And I like I come from the smallest town ever, so I had fucking no idea who Candiria was. And I said, "Yeah, I, fu- I fucking love Candiria." <laughs> and um, and he was like, "Cool, cool, me too." And I was like, "Yeah, they're they're great, they're great." And then and so then he was like, "Dude, come to my band's practice." And I was like, "Okay," and I did. And so I I grew up in a really small town in Massachusetts called Rockport, which is like, I mean it when I say my graduating class was thirty nine kids, so what? like tiny, tiny, and. I was the best musician in town. Also, not hard to do, you know? <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I met this dude by commenting on his straight edge hemp necklace, fucking went to his band practice, and these guys, man, they were a couple years older than me, but, like, they just were so much better than me. And right. I was like, holy shit, like, what the fuck have I been doing? This is Something like, to aspire up? to. 100%. So I just started hanging hard with these guys. Okay. And... The band was called Piecemeal. If you can find it, you can probably find it. And our last record came out in 97. And Damn. that was um, 
that was my first touring band. And the dudes in that band like went on to do crazy stuff. So like, um, like our drummer, the guy I met in summer school, he went on to be in Between the Barrier to Me, um, Amir, Barrier Dead, like all that type of stuff. Um, the singer of that band is actually still the singer of, well, The Hope Conspiracy and All Pigs Must Die. Um, oh, cool. And then, yeah, and then I, like, so that was our singer. And then, like, I went on to eventually, like, eventually, eventually form Defeater, which I, like, started, like, in my late 20s as, like, when, <laughs> when I left the band that I did after that, that sounded Death Wish, when I was just like, oh, yeah, like, every band I make works. So, like, why won't the next bunch? And they totally didn't work because I was like, Mars Volta is the best band ever. And everyone's like, I don't know what you're playing right now. You know, like <laughs> doing like that type of shit. You know, I was like, nah, it's just like, you know, 1915. Can't you yeah. hear it? Um, yeah. Like, like it just wasn't working. A lot it's of people did that then, to be fair. Oh yeah. I love yeah. that shit. Like yeah. all that old, like level playing screamo shit, Seisha, like that's all like my shit. And like also super old shit, like Fugazi and Don Caballero and oh, all that. Oh weird. my God. It just blew my mind that you just dropped Don Caballero. I uh, was dude, talking about them with you yeah, guys. You I was trying to explain Damon Che, the yeah. drummer to, dude. to him and Justin Damon Che stories. Oh my um, God. And, and you were like blown away. Like who the fuck never, are you? Yeah. This never guy heard, dude. is drunk and he's, his balls are hanging out when he plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Yes. 20, right. See? Yes. Like fucking most bizarre Damon. guy ever. Dude, when I first saw Damon Shea, I went to see Don Caballero uh, at a club called The Middle East here in Cambridge. Um, and I was like, who is this fuck? Because I didn't know what he looked like. I was yeah. just like, there's this fucking drunk dude. And he's, uh, <laughs> this will date this story so well. He, I was, he's dancing with the cigarette machine right now. He's like, there's a guy dancing with the cigarette machine and he's hammered. I was like, fuck this guy. Like, he's an idiot. Yeah. And then I'm just waiting for Don Cab to play. I'm like. Oh, cigarette machine guy is Damon Chase playing drums and Great. lighting them on fucking fire fucking right now. Insane. He has to. He literally, and I, I witnessed this. He nails his fucking drum set down before the set, yeah. so it doesn't move. It, I forgot about insane. that part. The, there's no way to explain how fucking eccentric this guy is, but it's he's so, so crazy. He's so good. Yeah, if you're that smart, like you can't be normal. No, you no, can't. no. Yeah, I mean, he's a disaster of a person. He's like impossible to be in a band with, <laughs> from what I hear. Oh yeah, the lineup changed nonstop. I mean, how could you? But dude, from battles, um, like, yep, fucking yep, crazy yep, shit. Totally. So anyway, um, I was so, yeah, all that anyway. happened. I I started a feeder and um, which like was cool. And I, by that point, I had already started my recording studio. I was doing records for like Bridge Nine and oh, okay. Uh, Revelation, Death Wish, who else? Uh, and how and Vic how long Victory. was Defeater a band? Th they are still a band. Um, okay, that makes sense because I, I thought I had seen something recently, but you weren't a part of it. Yeah, totally. Um, right, that is also true. See, one thing about Polar Seltzer, bubbles, man. Gives I you the burps. know. Dude. Uh, but I can't stop drinking. It's too good. But um, It's good for you. Burping's good. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, we did that for... Well, I did that, whatever, for about eight years. Um, and that was, it's one of those things, right? Like, I've actually never been a huge fan of tour, which is ironic considering how much I've toured. Mm -hmm. um, and, but it was sort of like the unfortunate consequence of wanting to make music, wanting to put out records, and being really, like, into and concerned with this community that, like, existed and yeah. and feeling like, I don't know, like really like compelled by that. Yet at the same time, like, I don't know, <sighs> tour, man, like it's to me, not the best fit. I am, I'm more than happy to admit 
super homebody type, you know, like yeah, just like too. totally. So yep. love art, love creativity, but just like, uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, so you did that for fucking ever. Forever. And, and yeah, like, while doing that, you started tracking and, and learning how to produce. And so this, the studio was actually before that. So the studio started in 2004, I think January 2004. I started the studio. Um, and then I didn't write the first Defeater record. It, the, the first Defeater record didn't come out, I think, until September 2008. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so I was already like... And recording became my full-time job in 2005, like mid-2005. So it still is, but... Um, well, that's crazy. So you have been so you have been doing this for a while then. I mean, even though you had so much experience uh, prior to being a producer. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Um, and it was it was good because I was like, I was in Boston at the right time. I was into like, I was hanging out like, and people always ask me like, how did, like, how did that happen? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I was just, I was just like, those were my friends. Like that's, I was doing that not for any ulterior motive other than like, I liked it. And so, Dude, that time, the, the mid nineties, late nineties, early two thousands, even the, like the mid two thousands, yeah. the Boston area was on fire. And there's just so much good music and bands that like, or even obviously before that time that I, for the longest time, didn't know. For example, I didn't know Pixies. The Pixies were a Boston sure. band. Sure. Why would you? There's no indication that they are. Right, right. That's true. And there's, there's a lot yeah. of Boston bands that don't sound like I'm from Boston, like uh, Mighty Mighty Bostones, for example. <laughs> <You know laughs> they sound the like a yeah. fucking Fullerton, Orange County, fucking California band. Oh, yeah. Sonically, absolutely. Sonically. Um, but yeah, I guess no. in attitude, they are, they're absolutely a Boston band. Totally, uh, they definitely are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was. I got lucky, man. I got like into right. music, and then this community. There was something there. Once I left my tiny little town, like little did I know hey, how figure. much cool shit was there, and yeah, I, I was just living and breathing it. Like not ever thinking or knowing, having a plan or anything. It was just these are my dudes, and like yeah. I love writing music and. Then I was really recording with Kurt, like uh, Baloo from Converge, a few times. That got me thinking, like, you know, I have a computer science background and um, I love music. And com I saw, like, oh, like I could combine those things, I bet. And that's like, I got my tax return. And I think that's what made it happen. I went to HR Block, like, <laughs> very early January 2004. I got, like, whatever, like 1200 bucks back or something. And I just went to Guitar Center and I was like, dude, fuck it. And I bought like just enough to like just enough to record like my friends like metalcore band or whatever it was. <laughs> right. By the way, like doing that in 04, totally different landscape than doing it now. Like oh, plugins absolutely. sucked. Like yeah, cheap gear sucked. Like it oh, was a fuck yeah. You couldn't get that many channels for that much money. Like it was. People don't know, man. People they just don't know. Like yeah. rendering files on Pro Tools took for fucking ever. Even then. Totally. I know. Even then. Uh, yeah. So, and that's it. And I just kind of like haven't stopped. I mean, I've had like some life changes along the way and stuff. And like, you know, I'm married now and um, I have Got a little kid. kid. Yeah. Like it's like super important. Kid is so cute. Ah, thanks, so I, I love yeah. your Instagram stories. All the traveling you guys have been doing lately. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so great. You seem happy. You seem happy in this version Can't of, lie, of man. your life. Things are good. That's great, good. man. Yeah. So when was yeah. the last time you played on stage? Funny enough, uh, it was Alan from Four Years Strong just left, but uh, it was um, co-headliner tour we did 
October 2015. Sold out show. Oh my God, this is so full circle. Exactly where I saw Don Caballero. Uh, it was downstairs at the Middle East. It's about like a 600 cap or something. And um, it was dope and great show. And then, yeah, that was it. Uh, and good way to go. It was great that it was in Boston. Great it was sold out. Great was with like great dudes. Like That's awesome. That's yeah, totally. That's crazy, man. Speaking of people that have done a lot of touring, uh, Alan from Four Year Strong has done a mm-hmm. shit load of touring. <laughs> and I mean, he, he kind of talks about it the same way you do. Um, I mean, you, Alan Ashcraft, it's just going to mm. be really fucking difficult, all the Alans. Yeah. Like, I have Alan's. so many friends named Josh and Alan now and David. And it's ridiculous. I'll I'm going to start calling you Ashcraft. Lend some out. Uh, your, your take on it's similar too. Like, tour, you have some of the best memories because you toured shockingly a lot yeah yeah it yeah it's just i I was a lot uh i was a lot like uh like jay i it wasn't really for me i did my best to make the best of it um and kind of just put like a fake smile on my face and it helps that i did it at a young age and that i didn't have a lot going on at home so sometimes leaving for tour kind of felt like there's no way it could be like it, there's going to be more action out there. Like, let's just go out and yeah. almost treat it like a vacation that, that has, you know, cause it's all centered around like a mere 30 minutes on stage. But like, if you think about everything you're doing all day, that the, the travel and the, mm. just like just addressing this issue and that issue and then, Oh, your engine exploded and you've got it. And then there's fights within the band and then you got, it's so much all for like just these 30, you know, 25, 30 minutes on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. you know, I, I also, there, there were some tours that I left for that I just really, I didn't want to leave. And that tour specifically would have, you know, three or four of the best memories that I have in my entire life. Yeah. Um, I also am not married. I don't have children. So, I mean, that's the bar is a little low right now for best memory of my life. But, um, but yeah, it's, there's something to be said about not wanting to do it at all. And then, you know, coming home and feeling, I always had this like weird sense of accomplishment and I look back on it now and I'm like, what the fuck did you really do though? Like since yeah. then I've accomplished things that are actually, um, noteworthy. But I think that the accomplishment back then was just kind of facing the fear of being away from home, being uncomfortable and still trying to be successful within yeah. that, that space. No, dude, it, there's a, a lot of value in that really, because I think what I didn't know then I was so concerned with like the growth of my projects. I was so concerned with like, you know, like, where is this going? Like, what are we doing? And is this working and all that stuff? Looking back from where I'm at now, I realize like, while that stuff was important to me at the time, and those were the factors that like, kind of like lit a fire under my ass to motivate me to like, keep going and like, keep trying to grow it. What I like cherish now is actually the life experience and the hardships and those hardships that I shared with close friends, overcoming those adversities. At the time, it's just a fucking pain in the ass. Like at the time, you don't know how you're going to pay for it. And at the time, you don't know where you're going to sleep. And at the time, it's like crazy. But like now, and like definitely like mid-adulthood, um, little phases me. <laughs> you know, I just like, yeah, oh, dude, yeah, like I spent 17 years trying to perpetuate a really dumb idea. Right. And it came with a million hardships, which little did I know would sort of strengthen and shape and reinforce my personality. So like, that was like, that's a takeaway I had no intention of ever receiving. Absolutely. Yeah, was also like probably the greatest part Absolutely. now. Yeah, totally. I know. And also like what you were saying was, you know, at the time you're, you have a goal and we were all so hungry, like you, you almost lose sight of why you're doing it. I mean, the, the point was to just 
be creative and enjoy what you're doing and do something good and be right. good at it. But, you know, you're just so captured with like making it. Where the fuck that means. Right. And so now you look back and, and you feel That's like the bullshit. Things you, yeah, it is bullshit. It's but bullshit. The, the irony is like we all none of us had a choice. We, yeah. we were all going to play in bands yep. either way. It was just bound to happen. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter. There's no point in looking back at it and and weighing, did this produce something, you know, worthwhile or not? Because in the end, you had no choice. You had to do it. You just had to. And well, and, and the fact that you did it did produce something. The fact that's that right. you, did, you it, did it, it produced something for you. you know? Well, and we're also, um, we, we exist in a bubble of people like ourselves. So we think it's very common. But you get outside where, where the normies exist. This is a pretty rare fucking thing that people I can actually understand, 20s. though, like why they were like, you're going to what? And I'm like, yeah. 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 And they're like, that seems like a super bad idea. And I'm like, nah, it's fine. That's fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. fine. Okay. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, like my parents and shit are like, um, what? When I was 19, I literally fucking took a paper towel. My mom has it still on her fridge. Like she thinks it's the funniest shit ever. I like <laughs> went, that band I told you that we signed a death wish or whatever. Like I, I wrote, I forgot I was going on tour. So I was like, oh shit, gotta go. Wrote a napkin. Mom went to Canada, be home in two weeks. If there's any problems, call Canada, ask for Jay. And she was, of <laughs> course, like beyond pissed at the time. Um, called the country. And, yeah, just called there. It's called Canada. Canada. But um, now she thinks it's funny because I didn't die and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you did and that was the last thing she had. God. Like, I know. Just like, look at this smart ass. He went to Canada and got murdered and he thought it was all a joke. Here's a napkin as proof. Yeah, I, I know she wouldn't, but there's a piece of me that wish she like had this really dark sense of humor. She like still put it on the fridge. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and just thought that it was like a long con. Like you were doing some Andy Kaufman shit. You weren't really dead. Right. You he's, hired he's some police back. officers to inform your mother. Exactly. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I always have to ask all the producers we have on the show. What, what is your favorite thing to do? Is it producing or mixing? Um... Oh, well, okay. Well, that's a strange question. So it's of my favorite things to do between those two things. Let, yeah, I mean, I guess out of, I mean, do you master as well? Do you do any mastering? I do. So it's three. So, um, and we'll, we'll even put engineering as a separate thing. So like tracking slash, you know, is technically different than actually producing, one would say. Mixing. I mean, okay. what do you like being in the room and tracking with a band and going through all the the battles that that entails or do you prefer to have the tracks like you did today open up the files and do some mixing so i have a contingent answer which i'm sure sounds like a cop-out but um what i like doing most of all when it comes to like my career here is i like working with uh passionate talented artists in whatever capacity i can so uh, that's so fucking warm and fluffy and cheesy, but it's really the truth. Like, um, whether I'm mixing a band, sometimes I like, I create a session and I bring in the files and I just listen to the overheads and the drums and I'll go, fuck yes. Like this dude like has the touch and I, I I'm psyched. I'm digging in. Let's yeah. go, dude. I'll stay up all night. Like let's mix this. I can just tell. And especially if the rest of the band brings something, um, to the table as well, I get super psyched. I'm like, some of the bands I work with will tell you, like, I'm like writing emails, like, like fan emails almost, just like literally, like, 
yo, fuck yeah, this is sick. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's some references. I could go this way. I sent you three drafts. Mm -hmm. This one's kind of distorted, but I like it. And here's why, you know what I mean? And like that type of stuff. Um, and, and tracking, I would tracking, I would say the needle probably points the furthest like away from tracking, but just because after 15 years, you've watched a lot of people be average or worse at their craft. Mm -hmm. Uh, and however, when the needle is pointed in the positive direction and someone like has it and it, and you recognize that and they can recognize it, you recognize it. You're just like, yo, dim the lights, right. let's go. Like, and it's so fucking cool. I mean, those moments, man. And the other cool thing about tracking and having those moments is that like, uh, I'm a big fan of building relationships with uh, the people that I work with. Uh, I, it's, we, we typically end up liking each other and caring about each other like in, in, a, in a scale that, that is greater than just like we have a budget and a project. Yeah. Okay, it's done. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like, especially when you like, like the people and they get to know me and I get to know them and you start to care about each other on like a more like human level and they nail it, they have an idea, they like your idea, whatever. Those moments are hard to beat. Yeah. Having said that, I, I have a litany of nightmare stories where I like didn't have a gun in my mouth fast enough. Right. Like, yeah, totally. Well, that's yeah. that, that's pretty much the answer that most guys give. I mean, yours, I would argue, you're, you're probably more uh, fair and colorful um, and complimentary to the craft. Most guys are pretty quick to saying, I prefer mixing. 9.9 <sighs> out of 10 times. I mean, it's almost always across the board. And I think so, it's just because you, it's natural. Like if you're you're producing or tracking, you're in real time for hours on end with people in a room and there's loudness and chaos and it's that energy, which can be great. It's like going to war or something. You know, it's not that, yeah. not that that's a comparable thing, but you know what I mean? Um, but I'm mixing, aware, yeah. you know, you can be in the comfort of your, your own room. You know, you're alone and so you're in your, your space and so it's, that, it's that does fit really well with like other aspects of your life. It fits really well with like, okay, like I got to go pick my kid up from daycare and exactly. we're going to go like grab dinner and, like, exactly. and you don't have someone being like, but I thought we were going to. Yeah. You know, and like, so yes, totally. And, and so that can suck. But I will say, I, I answered this actually on a, a different podcast I did, but um, they asked me if I prefer attended or unattended mixing. And they said I was one of the only, if not the only producer to ever answer that I sort of like attended mixing if I, if I like the project because wow. mixing, yeah, it's rare. Yeah, but that is very rare. If there's, okay. Be careful we, what you advertise because now all these fucking bands are <laughs> want to come hang no, out with No, 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 it's okay. I mean, most of them would have to fly from New Zealand. So. Oh, okay. But yeah. um, uh, I like it because mm, it creates emotional attachment. Um, okay. Email mix notes are just so inefficient. It depends on what you're after. If yeah. what you're after is getting a project done and okay, the client thinks it sounds good. Okay. I got paid. What's my next project? That, that is of course like a very concise way to move through your projects and make stuff and have people be happy and it's fine. However, that's not the entire reason that I do this. And so when I have someone sitting here and we're like going through the mix together and I feel as a mixing engineer, Mm, a lot more liberated and a, and a lot more free and creative to try some wild ass fucking shit. And, and the reason that is, is because I don't have to like print it 
upload it and then wait for like some mixed notes in an email they're gonna be like what the fuck you know like Mm -hmm. instead instead i can be like yo feel me right now right i'm hearing this in a specific way here's why i'm hearing it and given the other songs on the record and the pacing of the record i think it's getting a little samey so i think we need to bring that break up that samey and i was like i think we're gonna like do some shit on this track or i would like to ultimately i am a vessel for your art and i will respect that beyond like anything else so if you're not feeling it say the word and it's not an issue whatsoever however in this moment i am feeling inspired or whatever it is and do you want to go on a ride with me right now right this could totally crash and burn but it could also like make you just be like what that's us that's our record like and to do that in real time is much easier in an actual human uh, conversation than it is to do over an email where they respond kind of, to the only way. It's kind yeah, of exactly. Way. Yeah. I, I'm a yeah. phone guy. Yeah, I know it drives people crazy, but I, I'm, I always insist on getting on a phone call with people, mm-hmm. almost okay. to the point where like I think I slow things down, and I know that frustrates people that I, I manage. And but at, at the end of the day, you get way more out of that conversation because you hear each other's voices. I get the demeanor and what you're saying you know and also like financially it's it's makes more sense to talk about budget and you know the awkward things like money in a real conversation like human beings i agree (laughs) like you try to do it over a text or an email it just it doesn't go over that well i totally agree Uh, my like one of my main motivations is to like interact with uh people on like 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 the most like real possible level i can and there's like just because you typed the words out like that's some information, but I would argue that that is a just a modicum. That is a I know a, t- a tiny bit of the information that could be conveyed. And so, if I hear you on the phone, I probably get ten times that just by hearing your accent, your yeah. inflection. Like I, I can discern so much about a situation by just speaking to someone. Now, like step that up to, uh, I meet them in like in real time body language yep. uh, like combined with that all that stuff like you can size up a situation in one second oh my god you know what yeah. i mean yeah, yeah. visual totally and audio is so important for communication we forget that because we're, we're just turning into texting people now which is a bummer. dude it is legitimately and i don't think it's being recognized or honored right now but it is by far a more informational and like exponentially quicker form of communication and even though you aren't necessarily communicating like words in the dictionary like the the recipient of your body language the recipient of your tone the recipient mm-hmm. of all of that your mannerisms everything is learning in real time at like light speed so much about you that they can never know otherwise um i agree absolutely yeah. i i totally agree that's one of the reasons i want to get video going stronger for the show because i i I still do, and we talk about this all the time, we, we still consume as fans of podcasts, I still consume podcasts in an audio format way more, just because we're running it's around easier. in our lives, it's easier, yeah. you can do it in your car, but when I do have the time, I prefer watching podcasts on video, sure. for this reason, I like watching people talk, it's always interesting, it always has been. Totally. You know? What you know what's fucking scary is watching yourself talk. Like I do all these like <laughs> fucking hate I like stopped doing video <laughs> interviews for Defeater because like I would see them. And I was so embarrassed. I, I know. And it admittedly, like I know I'm an, like a weird eccentric dude. And 
when I would see myself on video, I was like, okay, like I'm on, I have autism. Yeah, like, I'm a disaster. Something, like, oh, <laughs> like some, like, well, especially when you're younger, especially when you're younger, because yeah, like, you're so full of just whatever. You're just in the clouds, you know? I was like, in the same way that I like look at faces in the world and like make snap judgments based on like my experience and, and whatever, and, and the trust in my intuition. I was like, when I apply those exact same principles to watching myself, I'm like, oh, something's wrong with this guy. Like there's something <laughs> weird here. Like, I don't know. Well, you're not alone in that. We, we all do that. We all do that. Um, let's uh, let's shift gears here. How much time do you got? Do you, do you have some more time? We want to do some current events. And some I current a, events. Yeah. Can I text yeah. my wife on the podcast? Yeah. In fact, if you don't mind, I'm going to go take a piss real quick. Yeah, do it. I got to do that we, horde. We, okay. You, do I keep talking? You can go pee if you want. If if you want to pee in the chair or go pee in your toilet, if you don't need to, pee I have at all, to pee, if, but I didn't know if you could. Like, yeah. Oh, do, dude, do that, it. We do it all the time. It's yeah. our, our uh, ceremonial pee break. All right, let me pee and then we'll we'll come back on a. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, five minutes. Hey. Yo. The uh, the boy the boy is asleep. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Is he up there alone? Um, yeah, Down my wife will be home in a second, but she just texted me. Um, nice. But yeah, uh, he's so good. Uh, That's great, yeah. man. Uh, what, what's your kid's it. name? Dean. Uh, Dean Charles Moss. Mm. Uh, they're both family names. So Dean is, um, I had a, uh, I've had a few like really excellent family members. Unfortunately, only a few, but a few really excellent fam- family members growing up. And um, one of them was my grandfather and my i'm jason dean um and my cousin who we're like really similar he's a lot younger than me but like we see a lot in one another he is aaron dean uh and he passed uh at the end he passed like a day or two after no wait when was it passing like my last day of warp tour or something oh wow yeah <clears throat> it fucking sucked yeah. um yeah so i figured out when the services were and i just like Flew home, I flew home being like Seattle. I yeah. flew home. And um, yeah, and dude, it was tough. Like, man, like my grandparents were so instrumental for me. And like like my grandma, like being like a, a beautifully sweet, wonderful, but also tough as nails lady. Like yeah. seeing, yeah, seeing the effect that had on her, which I completely understood because grandfather, unlike me, my grandfather, a man of few words, uh, when he spoke, people listened, and when mm-hmm. he spoke, it was like of like a lot of merit. Uh, so when I met my now wife, man, this is all fucked up, crazy shit. But when I met my wife, the second night we ever hung out, uh, we banged, and yeah, bro. <laughs> well, we banged yeah. the first night too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, whatever, we banged every night. But um, so stupid. Yeah, sex. But um, <laughs> afterwards we talked and it was like, okay. So like we'd super weren't safe and, uh, what if, and we weren't even like officially together yet. We just like, Oh, like what if she got pregnant? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can use all this too. I don't even care. I know it's juicy okay. shit. Yeah. But, um, and we just like, we're talking about what if, and we, I did, I was just like, let's go, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, wow. like I'm just the type, like, dude, I made it like, those are my actions. Those are my decisions. Like I'm accountable for them. And I think also I have a soft spot there because like I was for sure an accident and 
I won't get too deep into it, but I had people advocating for me maybe not being born and right. born into situations. I mean, fucking classic case, right? Like 40 year old man wears all black starts punk band. Like, of course there's a story there, but like, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, uh, born, born into far from, uh, anything anyone would want to be born into. Yeah. Made the best of it. Uh, and if you ask me, right, like, thank fucking God I was born, dude. Like, right. so like, and so when I, had to hold myself accountable in that moment. I mean, by the way, like I was like already obsessed with her and like we were talking nonstop and it was sick. So like, I didn't even feel weird. I I was like, I mean, if you're down, I'm down. How and long were you guys dating before you? We weren't. We oh, because you're still talking about upfront before. I thought you were well, telling the story of when she got pregnant. Oh, when she got pregnant, it's a totally different story. But that was later. yeah, so gotcha. she didn't get pregnant at that time, but we didn't know if she would or she wouldn't. Right. Because right, right, we right. were like hella reckless, you know? Yeah. And we, we were, were like, so what if? Earlier. Yeah, we we're like, what if? And I was like, I'm into it. And she was like, I'm into it. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, we're like <laughs> fucking, we don't know each other. Like, what the, literally, what the fuck are we doing? Um, oh my God, I'm like, like that though. But, um, for as analytical as I can be, dude, I'm just like so weirdly loyal to my intuition. It's mm -hmm. strange. Yeah. But um, we named, dude, we named, we named, like, we named our son the second, or, or like shortly after the second night we ever hung out. Cause I think we talked about it the next That's day. That's crazy. The, yeah. The day after. Really? Wow. Yeah. And so we picked two names. And what's super crazy is, so one of the names we picked was Ella June Moss. Um, my mom is like like my fucking personal superhero. So like my mom is Pamela. And so we wanted to do Ella. We met in June. So we were like, cool, Ella June. And then if it was a boy, it was going to be Dean Charles. Dean being like my grandfather, who I always had like this crazy amount of respect for and had recently passed. And that had like a pretty big impact on me. And my middle name is Dean and my cousin, like we're all like really tight, you know? I thought that would be yeah. pretty cool. And then... Uh, Jesse has a similar situation um, in her family with the name Charles. And so we we're like, cool, Dean Charles or Ella June. That's and crazy. yeah, dude, we went. So anyway, fast forward, who could have fucking guessed Jesse, um, my wife fucking moves here. Like she's from Sydney, Australia. So like she moves here and we do the damn thing and she does end up getting pregnant. I was watching the news in the morning and she just like rolls up with like, like the pregnancy test and I'm like, it's wow. hands it to me. Okay. First of all, I'm such an idiot, right? Like if girl rolls up to, if girl doesn't put pregnancy test in trash and ask you what's for lunch, like if she comes to you with a pregnancy test, it means pregnant, you know, yeah. just so, so naive. Like, right. and so she, so she like hands it to me, but I'm like shook up. Like, just like waking up watching like, the dumbass fucking capitalistic horrible news we have in this country and look at it and i was like does plus like plus is plus is baby and she's like plus is baby and i was like holy fucking shit and i lost my absolute shit i was giddy God, i was so happy so sick we went through all this stuff we didn't know if we we're gonna have the baby in australia if we we're gonna have the baby here like there was a lot to figure out like jesse didn't have like her green card yet like there was like oh so she's uh, like australian australian so she eighth, she hasn't been dude, here all that long. Dude, she's eighth gen. Like she's like thickest accent you've ever heard. Like, oh wow. Yeah. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. So um yeah, dude. So then 
fast forward, we're at like the OB appointment, like pregnancy is going super, super well. Like, um, it's a super healthy pregnancy, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And the doctor is like, do you guys want to find out like, you know, the gender? Yeah. And we kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay, we were too excited not to. And they, dude, we must be like the I'd fucking point. Oh, 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 don't. we must be like the, like, like the 1000th percentile of people where they fuck it up because they <laughs> were like, looks like a girl. And we were like, okay, okay, cool. And I was crying. I oh, I'm so emotional. We went to the car. I called my mom. I was like, mom, like she knew, she knew we were pregnant and shit, but I was like, yeah. mom, I'm I was a like, girl. Yeah. Like we're having a girl and the girl's name is Ella after you, Pamela. And dude, all this. So we tell my grandmother, my grandmother, who I told you about is like, just like some next level shit. My grandmother literally said a girl and she's like psychic. And and I was like, yeah, because I trust the fucking doctor. Right. She wasn't feeling that. And she goes, hmm. She was like, I'm not usually wrong about this stuff. I was like, you think it's a boy. She's like, I mean, if they say it's a girl, she's like, I'm just not usually wrong. And that's and fucking I like, wild. I dude, I know. And so I was like, uh, well, I mean, she's like, but that's fantastic. I'm so that's happy what the doctor said. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, this is like getting some mad weird dad shit. But like punks out there, if you'll probably you may or may not be a dad or a mom one day. So this is what this might be a relatable experience going forward. Sure. But so like at this point, you know, Jesse's got like the big belly, like all this stuff. So I spend a week with our next appointment. Like once you get like a little closer to the pregnancy, your appointments like start to get closer and closer together. Right. So I spend the next week before our next appointment rubbing the belly, fucking like talking to Ella. Right. Just like talking, talking to your to, daughter. <laughs> to my, yeah. No, straight up talking to my daughter and what I don't know if this is fucked up or not. And please feel free to check me. But truthfully, like what is fucked is how different it was. Like when I was talking to Ella my thought process was and the things I would say and dream about and feel and all this stuff was like very like, I will promise to show my love to you like outwardly. I will promise to be a good example for you. Um, like I will promise to support whatever it is you want to be or whatever it is you want to do. And like, I'm going to feel like, dude, I, sound, I, I wear black, but I sound like a fucking hippie, but like, I'm going <laughs> to feel like, I'm going to feel like you up, with reinforcement and love in this kind of like not awesome society that you are going to have to navigate. I want to be a home base of reassurance and like, I don't know, safety, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Dude, this is mad fucked. So then a week later, next appointment, I'm all fucking having a daughter, like whatever. And, they do another ultrasound. This time it's someone else. It's a, it's a woman. It's a, I have to say, our OB, the dude who delivered our baby, who is an amazing doctor, did the first one. And he fucked up. And he wasn't even supposed to use the machine. That should have been my Jesus first thing. Christ. But I trusted him because he was like the big boss. Like, he's right. like the guy. So I was like, yeah, like, I mean, fucking, he's the one who's going to pull it. He probably knows. I don't know. Like, I've never done this before. So then the like ultrasound lady who I should have fucking known who does it day to day. Trust the person who does it day to fucking day. That's right. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like she's like, got the jelly on there. She's doing the thing. <laughs> and she's like, uh, what did they say are happening? And it's like, ah, oh, we're having a girl. I'm really excited. You know? And she's like, ah, uh, nope. Nope. I was like, I'm sorry. And she's like, uh, nope, nope, nope. It's a boy. I'm like, Oh my sure? God. 
and she's like, oh, I'm sure. And I was like, holy shit. And wow, I can't. I, I it's impossible to like exactly explain because it's completely irrational. But like, by the way, having kids and like dealing with this is like a completely irrational thing to begin with. But yeah, um, I fucking like did. I cried. I, I, I felt really conflicted and guilty about crying because I felt like I felt a loss in the rational side of me was like, well, no, it was like always a boy. Like, chill out. Like you didn't lose anything. But oh, right, right. But you had you'd gotten used to the idea of having a daughter. Totally. Yeah, I get that. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. You start framing everything around that. And so it took me a second. Right. And then after maybe just a few minutes or whatever, I was like, yeah, it was, you know, it's always been it's always been a little boy. Here we go. Let's roll. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Here's the fucked up thing. I probably shouldn't say, but <laughs> but that makes for a good podcast. Right. Like I. My. I don't know what it is. And I didn't ask for this to happen. It just happened. My thought process about my son was different. The love was there. I was going to love my son, period. But I was more like, yo, you're going to be a good dude. Right. You're not going to fuck people over. You're going to work hard. You're going to be nice. You're going to be respectful. Like, yeah. It was so crazy. It's a different thing. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, it was yeah, like a, the father of a daughter is a whole different fucking thing. I'm not totally. a dad, but I can only imagine. I have three yeah. sisters and no brothers, so I know what it's like to yeah. witness women growing up in this world. It's a tough thing. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, a, a dad to a son is totally, totally different. It's a different thing. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Because like, you know, we live in like a very like progressive, like whatever world now. And so I'm not sure. But that's just what I experienced was like. Yeah, but there are just, some truths. I mean, that you can't yeah. deny that. uh, uh yeah. That for me, that's totally what crazy. happened. And I kind of felt fucked up about it after. I was like, damn, I was like really nice to our like not daughter, <laughs> you know, and now I'm be kind of a dick to a like, now our, like soon to be son. Born. Yeah. Now yeah. Dean's already getting in trouble. Yeah. 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 Totally. Figure it out, Dean. The tough yep. world. Right. I know. Yeah. Well, that's Pretty... what good dads do. My dad did that for me. Yeah, you know, he, he was very nurturing and there for me and everything. But he is like the one person that won't bullshit me. That's good. You know, I call my mom and complain about something when I was younger, and she gives me the "Oh, sweetheart, I'm sorry." Uh, yeah. My dad does that too, but he more or less just says like, oh, "I don't know what to tell you, kiddo. Sometimes life sucks." <laughs> thank, you know, I've been thank, there too. You'll figure it out. Yeah, thank God our son has my wife to do like like emotionally supportive things. I'm so like down to business with him. I like gotta I gotta soften up because I'm like, right. nope, that's just not how it is. Sup. You know, like, I don't know how to like deal. Yeah. Well, it's good to have that balance. That's good. What about with your dad? You said that you're you're really close with your mom. Do you? Was your relationship like with your dad? Uh, it 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 oscillated in between pretty close to absent, and at the moment, uh, like hyper absent. I don't know. But basically, like it just. This is every fucking punk kid ever, but just, uh, I can't speak for a situation. I wasn't there and I'm sure that it was a lot and challenging and everybody has their own, um, like stress thresholds and emotional, like capacity limits and all that stuff. But I can say my experience was that while I was in his keep, if you will, there wasn't a lot of interaction between us. Um, there was some, but not like, uh, a super lot. Um, Mm -hmm. Then, for reasons I I might not super rather get into, um, 
uh, things got pretty not awesome there and the, the state figured that out. Like the, uh, I, I got inspected by a nurse at school and stuff and like uh, more or less like the state was like, nope. And so the state had to figure out what to do. And so the state reached out to my mom and uh, she just got back from Bahrain. Just okay, this is insane. My mom literally like had one mission. She, my mom lost custody of me um, when my mom and my dad split up because she wanted custody of me so bad that she kidnapped me when I was a kid and drove to Denver and didn't tell anyone where she was. Jesus. And then like it didn't bode well in the courts, of course. Um, so then my dad got custody and my mom kind of flipped out. She ended up moving to Bahrain, which is an island off of Saudi Arabia, because she uh, devised a plan, which she executed. And I didn't know this was going on. Um, more, uh, long, 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 long story short. Um, my mom married a gay guy who was Catholic because he needed a beard and my mom needed to make it look like her life was put like together. Mm -hmm. So um, she used that as leverage to sort of substantiate herself on paper and like to substantiate like her stability. Yeah. Um, and she worked hard. She moved to LA. That's where like, so the guy that she married was a CB in the Navy. So they got stationed all over. That's how she ended up in Bahrain. Then they ended up in Port Wanimi, which is like right outside Ventura, California, like about an hour and a half North of LA. And, um, yeah. So like she was there and when she got there, she was back in the States. Um, she got custody of me. She wrote me letters like all the time and stuff, but just the situation I was in, like the people that I was with, like would take the letters and just like throw them away and shit. So like, I didn't really know that she was trying to reach out or like whatever was happening. Um, but she fought hard and she got custody of me, which is great. Um, and I really, really enjoyed the couple summers that I got with my mom, like when she got back from the Middle East. And then one summer, I think it was my third summer that I got to spend with her. Um, I, I did really always look forward to that stuff. Uh, state hit her up let her know what was going on wasn't pretty mm -hmm. um and she like made a hard play to like to, to make sure that i never had to go back to that situation um and in that moment man we're getting hella deep uh <laughs> in that in, in that moment I, I i remember that moment better than i remember yesterday you know like it, it was like really really big deal yeah um in that moment little did i know like she literally fucking like save my life like i i've seen i've seen what it would have been like had i not gotten out you know and it sucks and my mom got custody and then it was a whole weird thing That's dude crazy. like yeah like here's the thing right like once she had it legally it's kind of fucked up but like she didn't have to be married to that dude anymore right? yeah and she was and she was looking for more so that it's, it's fair. sort of that dissolved and she fell in love with a, now a Marine. Apparently she has a type, right? She fell in love with a Marine that she met and he lived in, she, he was from Salem, Massachusetts. And three weeks later, we got a U-Haul. We packed up all our shit and we drove to Boston. Wow. And yeah, I was, I was nine. And then she made sure we went to like a decent school district. We had the tiniest little like five, 600 square foot apartment, like, nothing like nothing nothing like but it what she made sure to do was even though we had very very little in terms of space and resources she made sure we had it in a place that would foster and nurture safety and uh the associations i would make there would be 
um, associations of, of intelligence and merit. And that I can look, I didn't know then, right? I, I was just like, oh, like I lived in LA before that, like with her. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't ride my bike anywhere. It was really dangerous. But when we moved there, I, I remember this like moment like, like so well. She was like, go ride your bike. And I was like, okay, cool. Like where? Because where was like a really, really big question up until that point. Mm. And she was like, anywhere you want. I was like, right. what do you mean? She's like, just ride it. That's so big for a kid too. Uh -huh. It's so it huge, huge to think you're safe. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. So like that was like such a monumental thing. He kind of flipped and my dad got custody and I spent summers with him. And there's always sort of been this like elephant in the room with that because of how things played out and it has been hard. And I never, um, I never confronted it. Truthfully, I like always thought that it would, I would just sort of like internalize like the harder parts of that situation in order to kind of like maintain the facade that enables my ability to at least get to spend time with my father because regardless of like how like you could sort of like hmm, classify certain events or classify like the relationship regardless of all that what, what supersedes all that is like I, I only have a dad like right so like he's it and being the type of dude I am who is constantly like I just need to know shit I fucking really valued whatever I could do to retain my opportunities to learn more about the guy that half of which is me mm -hmm. if that makes sense you know and like sort of like um sub compartmentalizing and sort of like not acknowledging maybe some of the um, questions and animosities that like like really like I, I definitely had I would just sort of like shelve it and just sort of like facade it because I didn't really want to rock the boat um, and also which is super fucked up like and I think probably a lot of people who went through what I went through like have this like you carry guilt like when you leave one parent and go to another parent regardless of what that situation is and when you're that young like even though it's not rational like you carry guilt and that guilt I don't I feel like I, like I can like the emotions are fucking weird, dude. Like I like rationally, mm -hmm. duh. Like it's it's a no brainer, but like emotionally, like it's Especially still as like a kid. A, it's yeah, it's like a thing still. So like, um, whatever. And then recently we had like my son. It's all I don't know. Th things escalated, and we finally like got into it. And I wanted to go away. I tried my best to be like, uh, reasonable, mm -hmm. and it probably should have kept the facade going. Mm. <laughs> yeah it didn't right. it didn't result in 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 the output that i had hoped that's the the nicest way to put that yeah mm. i can imagine having a kid is it's just it's gonna bring up all that stuff that you'd either forgotten about or had been laying yeah. dormant at least uh, that's what i hear totally totally yeah it's crazy right everyone's childhood is so wildly different and you never know who you're talking to you know <sighs> that's very true i mean your, true. your child is way different than mine yeah uh, yeah, yeah. I had the I had the whole uh you know, mom and dad like different you know, the um the visitation situation yeah. and like the guilt you're talking about. I there's this one anecdote that kinda comes to mind for me where um it was at this point where I could just from eavesdropping as like a ten year old, I could hear that uh they were each you know, neither of them liked that they had uh temporary visitation. So they were mm -hmm. like, I'm gonna try to get, you know, the permanent, you know, custody. And so there was a lot of all of a sudden Alan started getting 
like questioned a lot, but it was, I could tell that my answer was going to be used as a weapon against the other person. Right. Yep. And there was this yep. one moment. This is just, I love this because this is just the best I could do, but it shows like the innocence and, and like the lack of experience in being a kid. I, my dad had just picked me up from, uh, from my mom's house and he's asking me all these questions and he's like, yeah, so, uh, what'd you have for dinner last night? And, and I knew at that point with, with just the, the environment and like the, the temperature of, of the whole situation that if I said, you know, Oh, like cereal. I had a bowl of cereal. He's right. going to go, oh, and write it down on a pad. And then that was going to be set in court. <laughs> so I'm like, in my head, I go, dude, Alan, real quick, think of something healthy. And as a 10 year old, I was like, uh, we had chicken. Like, I was just like, that's the healthiest. It's a protein. You're like, funny. let's go. And yeah. he still, like, I saw him still kind of put it away. And I'm like, but that's healthy. Like, that's to me, that was like saying, oh, we had just, you know, like a simple, like kale salad, like, to me, it was just the exact same thing. And uh, crazy. looking back on it, I should have just never even felt that pressure. I should have been like, Dad, I don't fucking know. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's ask my mom if that's uh, that important to you. Crazy. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think the concept of leveraging a kid uh, for your own, it's hard, man. Like, not, it's tough. Not everybody, and this is like a hard, because like, you know, when you are like the one who like has like, you're at the receiving end of a lot of like negative effects of people's like emotional shortcomings. It is, it makes it just so, so much harder to fucking be able to rationally say, and so hard to like empathize with your abuser. Right. So it's so hard to say like, there's probably a reason that reason is probably what is treating me unfairly and, and what has caused maybe some of this like damage that that has occurred or is occurring or whatever. And particularly if you're young, you pretty much have no ability to do it. When you get older, you gain a little perspective on that. But um, so like part of me is like, you know, like, of course, that's super fucked up to like to even like ask a kid a question like that. And, and so thinly veiled and know that it will be probably like leveraged. And whatever. well, and to your point, too, just the, the rationale of, you know, being the kid that this shouldn't be my problem. The guilt I'm feeling right now, that's not my burden. But you still, you hold on to it. It's just what you, you can kind of fit. And honestly, it makes me think about when, uh, when I'm a father to like, keep that shit in mind that I can't look at a kid and go, Oh, he's 10. He's completely unaware. He or she is completely unaware of everything going on. You pick that shit up. Yeah. Cause absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally agree. Um, and yeah, this fine line between, trying to like unconditionally love like people and empathize with like the reasons upon which they might be behaving in a way that uh, you deem unfit and is negatively affecting you and mm-hmm. not internalizing in a way that's just immediate knee jerk, like fuck you, but also at the same time finding a way to protect yourself. Like, Ooh, goddamn, Good yeah. luck everybody. Like that's just hard. <laughs> is your mom. So oh. the, she, is she still married to the Marine? No, I didn't work out. Oh, um, okay. Cause I was going to, my, the first thing I thought was, cause so she like marries, uh, marries the gay guy to which that's like the most mama bear shit. That reminds me of my mom. My mom would totally plot and be like, yo, I don't give a shit. I will, I will do whatever I have to do. Like long con. I need to get to, I need to get to my cub. That's just how this shit go. My mom has told me, my mom told me like super preemptively when I was like seven, she was like, Hey, you know, if, uh, we were talking about stranger danger, she's like, she would just, I'm like playing with my like little toy cars and she's like, Hey, if anybody ever touches you, you tell me I'm going to kill him. Yeah, I'm 100%. like, okay, cool. Mom, mom I'm seven. Amazing. She's like, told you some crazy shit. Dude, she Great. is just, she is the fiercest 
uh, you know, it's my mom, sick, dude. yeah, my mom's for sure my hero too. Like I, yeah. I talk to her sick. daily and she is, uh, she's a big, she's, she has been the strongest human being in my life for sure. Yeah. Which, and I've had my own battles with that, that, you know, considering that the strongest figure in my life isn't a male, but I am a male. So I've had to like kind of, sure. but you know, same, that's also been same. a great thing for me not to run around being like, Oh, dudes are always the strongest because mm-hmm. the first woman I ever met is the strongest person. So it helps me kind of understand that gender yeah uh, dude stop stop uh i mean as Crazy. as a as a parent who I, I really believe i was just actually talking to my sister about this last night as a parent who like i learned a new kind of love that i and it's not a subtle thing like in a completely overwhelming all-consuming unconditional way when i became a father i learned um uh a, a, i don't think it was like learned i mean i did learn it but it was like flooded with this like type of love that I didn't hadn't ever had like a drop of. And I think it's weird. And I cannot imagine like some of the people we're talking about who don't feel that because I feel it so strongly for my son and for my family that like, just like your mom went full mama bear, mine went full mama bear. Like, yeah, like dude, my tribe is like it. And like, no, that's it. Like I feel so strongly like i would do anything for like my my little crew and it's fucking weird when people don't want to do that it's really selfish yeah, yeah that's w- what i was gonna ask you yeah. have you in previous relationships to your to your current wife did you ever did you struggle to find something that worked because the love that you felt early on was so ultimate that unconditional love that you know and not every child is given that therefore they're unable to yeah. You know, because they can't receive it, they can't give it. Did you have a lot of things fall apart where you're like, hey, I'm loving you at like a level 10 and it seems like you're capped out at like a five? Sure. Um, that you are the, the that, that they are, that they're capped out at a five, but Jay's running around at a 10 because yeah. he felt unconditional love at an early age. I, I had that problem. Yeah, that's, sure. that's, my, my I encounter that constantly. Let it just over, I, I have the opposite experience as you guys. My, my childhood was almost too perfect like, right right my sure, parents sure, sure. are very much together and it was just yeah totally. a, the very loving family i'm very lucky that way but it it's also great. set me up for the highest expectation possible yeah uh, i've seen so that every too. girlfriend i had and it's it's a struggle with even my current my, my wife who I, i've been with forever but that's yeah that's tough yeah it'll get to a point where like i will i'll make a mistake in a relationship and then i'll think like uh, it's not gonna be a problem with them because the the strongest relationship I have with a female is with my mom and I make mistakes and she's like that's that's fine yeah. still love you everything's good and then the first time you have somebody be like hey you fucked up I'm out it's just yeah. so confusing because you're like well the hey, problem you're is supposed to be here for the long haul though what I've for me what was helpful okay. is to realize that it's just different right it's, yeah, yeah it's not supposed to be the same you can find the uncon like you found that with your wife I'm sure it's just different like, it's going to yeah. be different in the way your mom did the mama bear thing for you. She's going to be nurturing and loving to you in a totally different way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is a different that. relationship. That's a really good point. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, every every relationship has been, been very, very different. I would say like when you're talking about being a 10, I would say that my 10, I'm not exactly sure what made me such a weirdo, but like, it's probably a bunch of that shit we sort of covered, but like um, my 10 has been loyalty. So like, mm. I'm not admittedly like the most like, ooey gooey gesture based romantic type but i'm like your fucking ride or die like okay let's go like and and, and, and like loyal and accountable and like 
dang, I got to worry about me. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, however, I've been in relationships with people who, if the, if the flames aren't like spitting, you know, if some of my relationships, like right when we get to the point where I think to myself, like, this is dope. Like we feel like even keeled and like we care about each other and we have a bit of a routine, but we break out of it. And it's like, whatever, like, and I'm feeling that things feel stable and mature. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm like thinking that's a good step. I've had some things dissolve because some people need like wildfire to make them feel like it's still like good, you know? Right. And that's yeah. not sustainable. No, That's how I feel too. But yeah, um, but I've been in those and they end. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they yeah. always end. They're fun for yeah. a while. Well, because they're supposed yeah. to burn bright yep. and then right and yeah, then totally. dim. Yeah. I've always said that uh, <laughs> when I, you know, everyone's different. But my wife and I, we were together for eight years before we got married. We were Damn together dude. for a long time. Wow. A lot of breakups. We were very young and whatever. Yeah. But what I say to everyone is what I realized that she was like the one and someone I wanted to commit and get married was it's like it's the opposite of the the fire the bright thing you were talking mm-hmm. about it's it's like complete it's hey i'm just comfortable and i'm still excited to be around this person on That's a tuesday on a tuesday at one in the afternoon yeah like the That's most mundane environment and i still am stoked to be around this person i mean if you think about it that's the most intimate shit ever because it, it really it's is, so man. easy to be a stud friday Date through night, sunday exactly that's it doesn't it doesn't mean anything yeah but can you want to be around each other like After tuesday at 2 30 p.m yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and you, your hair's all fucked exactly. up you haven't shout. yeah that's right yeah yep. i'm happy right. for you that's fucking dope man and that's that's mature love like that's that's the that's where you get to eventually no matter what if you stick it out Mm-hmm. Um, and some people don't understand that mature love isn't as flashy. You will have your no. flashes, but mature love is like deeper, stronger, rooted. It's dope. The yeah. stick it out thing is key. Mm-hmm. It really is. And that's not to say that all you should just go through hell and stay with people um, just to get to that point. But right. often people jump away because it, it's tough at first. You guys start fighting or or whatever, but... I mean, dude, yeah. relationships are the craziest shit ever. Like you've got it's the craziest two, shit ever. You've got two infinitely changing, yes, infinitely different entities yes. trying to like cohabitate, like trying to merge in a way, and 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 you'll go through shit where like, like you know, humans we have like this like amazing ability to adapt, but like we need time to adapt. So like, like it might you might meet someone that's just like fusion, and you're like boom, shit's yep. rad, and then one of you. As in, in both of you will in time, but one of you first starts to mutate, starts to evolve in, in your life based on your experiences, based on your biology or a combination of both more likely. Like, and it's not like a maybe, like it's going to happen. And Many times over. Over and over and over till the end. Yep. And, and, and do you guys have the thing that like, like that sur- the ozone that fucking yes. surrounds, you know what I mean? The thing yep. to say like, I will be patient. I will educate myself. And like, I love you. I know I love you and let me see what I can do to better understand this evolvement yeah. that yeah. might in in the short term make me feel insecure. But in if if I am dedicated enough and I believe mm-hmm. in this enough and you enough, not not definitely, but there's a strong probably that we have a much better chance of like us sort of growing and evolving yes, together. Absolutely. And Jeez, when you, dude. yeah, when it's you crazy. start fucking like getting no those wonder you're married. done. I just fucking fell in love. I know. Like that is 
If you get down on one knee and say all that, that's what I need to do. <laughs> I got to go back yeah. and record this shit. Uh, okay. Well, if, if God forbid you ever do split up with your current wife, I hope that never happens. But if it does, we have some recording. Yeah. We'll use this for his dating profile. Yep. Okay. We'll, awesome. we'll figure awesome. it out. Dude, Maybe it's that perfect. right there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's incredible. Thanks, Maybe thanks, if I start yeah. saying that, I won't be chilling on a Friday night with my dog on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Just watching you, you fucking may, real world. It may or may not, but it, <laughs> man, it's hard to find that shit because like it takes someone who can even wrap, feels that way enough to wrap their head around it. Who's had that thought and, and not yeah. a, literally do like not everybody gets there. I, I see it in so many older grown adults who are still doing like eight, grade shit oh my god it's, it's insane. insane i there are like 50 year olds i see doing that it's unreal it's yeah, absolutely mind-blowing you know it's crazy know. too when you're with someone for a long time i've been with my wife for 16 years Ooh. Oh, dude yeah that's so that's, fucking that's sick. an insane amount of time that's nearly yeah. half of my life and we're you know at some point it's going to be longer with her than i haven't been with her right which is a crazy thing to soon think. It's like soon, my right? parents, soon yeah yeah and yeah, we talk geez. about all the time how like the at some point when you're with someone that long, that alone can keep you together. Right. <laughs> like the yeah. experience of being with someone for so long, the past shared memories, all those Christmases, all the traditions, all the the weird sayings, the un nonverbal communication you have with each other is what actually ends up getting you through the hardest times. I know. But you can't well, get there until you stick it out. Got to earn it's, it. Man. It's really a catch and some people are just like, fuck it. I don't want to do that. And I, and I get it. It's not for everyone. I really don't think everyone's made to be with someone for 35 years. I don't mean to derail. I recommend it. And I I'm, I'm apologize to go. Uh, it's a weird thing to go back to. It's a weird obsession I have. So your mom in the Marine, how much do you think? <laughs> because I'm fascinated with the fact that, so like the gay guy, do you think that had the gay guy thing never happened? Because Marines are known as being like the alpha of alphas. Right. Yeah. Was it a rubber band effect where she was like, I was with a gay guy. Now I need a dude who's like crazy manly like first one in last just, one out just his fucking nipples can bench like 350 wow Ooh. i mean it's funny how, how, how close to the mark you are um that that guy was like quintessential like cliche man guy he was right right like like built yes yeah. assertive mm. um the, the thing that ended up breaking everything down was um uh inflexibility insecurity and in, yep. in accepting um accepting avenues that that weren't maybe necessarily the avenue that he thought was the right avenue right. and and i i wish he was and wasn't an okay guy uh i'll tell you some stories he's very strict so um i learned a lot about mm, routine with him i learned oh, a lot i'm about, sure yeah. yeah um like for example uh so i had to set the table every night no problem um and we ate and there's some weird shit man like we had to eat in silence Whoa. No words. Mm -hmm. Dude, I, I don't know why. Weird. And then yeah. the only thing I was allowed to say, I couldn't say I'm full. I couldn't say like that was awesome. I couldn't say anything like that. Silence. And when I was finished, by the way, when I was finished is when I cleaned my plate. So there's only like one degree of like finished, right? And that was, right. I had to say, I've had sufficient. May I please be excused now? <laughs> oh my God. Verba verbatim. I said it for six years. Yeah. And, um, and so... He, he would say, you may clear the table. And so I would clear the whole table, whatever. Yo. Then I would get the broom. I would sweep the entire house with the broom. And um, like, I was, I was, dude, I was young. I was 10, 11, like whatever. Like, I, this is when it started. And I'd sweep the whole house with the broom. And he would be like, do you think you did a good job? And I'd be uh. 
I'd be like, I do. And I mean, dude, imagine answering that question when you're 10, but like, right. I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, let's find out. And he would take it off his shoe and take it off his okay. sock and he'd run his bare foot across <laughs> every fucking inch of our little home there. Dude, and I hate this guy. Yeah. If, if yeah he, <laughs> fucking exhausting. Fuck this shit. It was hard, man. And oh, if he, if he man. found, if he found like a granule of, um, if he felt anything, do yeah. it again. Do it, do it again. again. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it became the basement right. too. And so like, that's how all my chores were. They were like, maybe that's why I'm like a meticulous engineer. I don't know, but like, right, right. Like, um, that's no, how I think it explains why you're such a you're a sweet guy. There's nothing oh, about thanks. you that doesn't say sweet and loving, nurturing. Oh, I'm nice there for you. Yeah. But that's where that probably comes from. Maybe, yeah. I dude psychoanalyze me i certainly have no idea hopefully <laughs> but, but hopefully your son hopefully your son doesn't become that marine guy oh my god right. it's like my dad was so nice to me yeah he was so sweet or i was gonna say like what <laughs> wouldn't it be such a sick like jordan peele twist if really jay became that guy he doesn't want us to know that yeah. but dean's upstairs he's not watching pixar he's fucking <gasps> he's got him like renovating right. the floor upstairs <laughs> he's just in his diaper with like a hard hat on Gee, like mass is a disaster straight doing work <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I don't buy it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I had a very minor version of what you're talking, like minor compared to you. And like, Fuck I hated shit. it so much because I, even as a kid, I remember thinking like, dude, I am a kid. Like, let me go outside yeah. and yeah. be a dumbass and make mistakes. Like, right. I don't want to. And, and the thing is, you, you uh -huh. kind of called this guy out for the insecurity and you can see it with the fact that he made you guys all do what he did in the service right. because he was right. so uncomfortable about the idea of assimilating to the normal yeah, shit. Right. Dude, I'm calling my parents right after this and I'm going <laughs> to tell them how much I love them. Yeah, for this real. This is insane. So how long did that marriage last with the Marine? So he was, uh, they were together about seven years. Oh, okay. Um, so still decent. Yeah. It was long. Yeah. yeah it was, it was tough. By the end it was, it was pretty bad. And I ended up running away from home, uh, around 16 because, Basically, I was wow. I got grounded for a few years, so like that just meant like come home, do your chores. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rewind. You were grounded for a few years. Oh, and guess what? Guess the guess what? The only <laughs> things that were in my room were a computer and a guitar because they were educational. That's all. Yeah, I was allowed. There we go. Whoa. That's, that's all I was that allowed to have. That's why you are who you are. Totally. Dude. Yep. And yeah. I had like God those educational it, things. I could. Uh, get guitar lessons that was Jesus. educational and that type of stuff. I could go to school, but I had to come home. And that was it. So, um, obviously, as like a teenager, I was pretty not psyched on this. And I remember my friend Ed was like, "Yo, I want." Like, he was like another like we're into video games and shit and mid mid teens. He was like, "Dude, like, oh, I got really into like because I had so much computer experience. I got into hacking and I got into like mm -hmm. bulletin board systems and pirating and cracking and like all this crazy shit. Cause I just like had no, nothing to do. So I like was secretly trying to download games like, like disc by disc over the course of the night. And it would take me like weeks to get them because our, our connection was so slow. It was the mid nineties, you know? So I'd get them and we'd crack them and I'd learn how to play them. And I'd had to hide them in like secret directories, like literally in DOS 6.22 is my favorite operating system. Like, and if you hit Alt 255 in DOS, it makes what looks like a space, but is actually a secret character. And if you don't run Windows, which I didn't, and you just have your games hidden in a secret character folder, your parents probably aren't smart enough to go into your computer and learn like the secret syntax of DOS so that like what? you can like put shit in like like hidden folders Yo. that you need like like a 
like a dedicated key code to get into. Right. So, oh my god. Did you watch so, the movie Hackers? I don't know, actually. I'm not it's sure. called Hack it's super nineties. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's like, it's the it's the corniest representation yeah, of hacking corn. for sure, but yeah. it's a great movie. It's a lot of rollerblades. I used to, I thought I was a hacker because like my, my hackiest thing was I would use Methodist tools. Did you ever fuck with that? I know what it like, is. Yeah. Methodist tools 3.0. Yep. I would use that to log my, my mom's keystrokes yep. so that I, I could, cause too. back then it was, you know, AOL was the shit, but it cost yep. like per minute. So yeah. she would lock down the computer and I would get her keystroke so I'd figure out her password. Yeah. Yeah. I'd get yeah. on there and I'd just be hitting up girls so like, like midnight to 6 a.m. <laughs> while she's sleeping. Of course, yeah. Chat oh, rooms. man. Yeah, well, that's, that's My mom's me. paying like $20 a, a minute just for me to be like, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. what's up? How are you doing? <laughs> just like, like, well, fuck this AOL. This so is really brutal. expensive. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so anyway, I, I got, I think it was a MechWarrior game actually and it ran okay on my computer. And so like, my friend Ed was like, dude, like I need to play it. And I was like, okay, like this night, like my folks are going to like a dinner and I'll have a few hours. Like no one will be here. I'll let you in through the window. So, uh, oh no, I let him in, whatever he hid. It was good. Okay. Sorry. I have to tangentialize. That was cool. I got in trouble because I saw the footsteps in the snow walking away from the window. I had to cover that up. And then, <laughs> um, God. Boston, right. And then, oh. oh, and then I had a half day shortly after. And in that half day, I only had an assembly in the study hall. And I was like, sick, no book bag, tight. So I went, and you feel like, dude, when you're like, whatever, you're a kid, you're like, no book bag, cool yeah. day. I never get a no book bag day. Free like, day. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking sick. I'm like an adult. Yeah. Went in, came home. One of my, it was half day, so I came over at 1130 a.m. One of my responsibilities was like, go in, take the dog out. If you don't take the dog out, the dog's going to shit everywhere. If the dog shits everywhere, I'm going to get my fucking ass handed to me. Mm -hmm. That dog needs to go out and shit, you know? So I got home, no book bag, house is locked. Fuck, I can't get in. But because I let Ed in through the window shortly before, I remembered, mm -hmm. I was like, I bet I didn't relock that window. So I was like, cool. But Massachusetts, mosquitoes, screens, whatever. There were screens that like have latches but the latches are on the inside of the screen yep so i was like fuck so i took a sharp rock and i cut two little slits and i put my fingers in and i pulled <laughs> that screen out and i lifted up the window and i climbed Jesus up Christ, i got man. in i let the dog out no one knew anything fast forward two three months probably like april may spring's coming around the thaw's happening people are starting to like garden and plant shit and um i must have been officially ungrounded or something because i was out skating like skating was like pretty much my life and I came home to like grab some water and I came home and dude, Steve, his name is Steve, the Marine found, of course, of course, of course fucking, fucking Steve. <laughs> uh, he found, uh, he found the, the cuts in the thing oh, and he no. found like faint remnants of like a footprint, like on like the siding and he lost it and he started screaming at me and then like fucking, he walked away and he turned around. He was chopping wood at the time. Of course, like how cliche is that? Yeah. And he threw the fucking axe at me. Oh, was cool. his shirt off? Uh, no, actually. Ah, uh, dang it. Now, like, yeah, like he's just like so mad. He's just like, he chucked the axe at you? Yeah, he, like threw the axe at me. That's cool. And I like jumped out of the way and then um, my mom like was crying and like hitting him in the face and losing her shit. And I was just like, mm. grabbed my skateboard and I was like, see ya. Yep. Yeah. And so I was gone for a little while around then. And then we came home and had like an intervention and all this shit. But yeah, I was just like, nope, no, thank you. Well, check, check this out. Okay. I'm going to top all of you guys. Oh, this please. one time on Christmas morning. With your perfect ass life. Let's I got, see what you got everything I wanted. My, both my parents told me how much they loved me. Oh dude. Brutal. And then, <laughs> and then the day just sort of ended. 
Zero and, axes thrown at you? Yeah, and then I'm here. Dude. Um, you know, it's not a big... <laughs> <laughs> my dad was my best man at my wedding. Oh, dude, that's sick. <sighs> it explains a lot. Speaking of my... I had my dad the best man at my wedding with Jesse in Australia. And I was trying to, like, make shit. Like, I was, like, trying to build bridges. Dude, this shit is so fucked. I shouldn't be saying this shit. Dude. He's like, man, okay. this podcast is the truth serum. Yeah, dude. It's mad truth. He that's fucking... I'm, dude, this is perfect picture, and I'll talk about it in a second. Like, he did the best man speech, and he told a bunch of stories about Jesse and I, and all these conversations that I had had with him about like love and about all this stuff, and all of it, like all of it, didn't happen. Damn. Like, he just like, it's That's mad dirty. Up. So he like what? went up like in front of his son, and told a room full of people he doesn't know some shit that would make him look good. And just assumed, I guess correctly assumed. That what I did you do while that was happening? You just looked at well, it? And... We have one wedding photo in particular where I'm looking at Jesse with like wide eyes like, no, like this is all like this is all fabricated. And there's a picture of me going like this in my mouth. <laughs> like, oh my and, and some, the photographer was like, Shh, and like snapped it. We have it. It's mad funny. It's just like, that's the moment where I'm like, <sighs> my right. dad is, my dad is making himself wow. look good to the wedding and none of this happened. Like none of this is true. Yeah. Fucking Christ. Yeah, man. So then, crazy. so, right. so at this point you, would you consider your dad like just a, like a textbook narcissist? Maybe I really don't know. I have a lot yeah. to learn. I don't man. know. And so, and you're out of communication with him now. What's funny about me and that like, see it through and loyalty thing. Like, I don't know how to get rid of it. It's kind of built in. So, so never a hundred percent out. Probably never, but like, yeah, I'm not really that type of person, but I definitely the last bunch of text messages between us are me saying that I hope he's well and I'm sorry that things have been difficult recently, but I'm here and I would love to communicate whenever mm -hmm. he is like in a position to do so. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a few months ago. I've, I haven't heard anything. Huh. Yeah. Right. I mean, parents, parents can teach us by doing the right thing and by doing the wrong thing. Oh, absolutely. And I've, no I've learned, yeah, I've learned no both ways for sure. 100%. Okay. I just sent you some links, homeboy. Okay. Let's, uh, for time's sake. Yeah, I know. I know. We're like, dude, this is like going to be the saddest, most fucking like. <laughs> no, like, dude. It, transparency, look, dude. Man, I love it. Again, that's, that's this podcast. Everyone that checks out the show knows that it's going to go where it goes. And that's why they check it out. This is like some Tumblr cutter shit like we're on right now. Like this is going to be like. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's super valuable, man. And I think like, you know. Obviously, we have a heavy music industry-based audience for sure, but not everyone plays in a band. Not everyone is a producer or involved yeah, in true. the industry. True, true, true. And, and even if you are, like this is a lot of people's story. Most people have a fucked up childhood. And Definitely. look, yeah, mine was great, but there are complexities and things I resent for you know the way my parents taught me or didn't teach me. Yeah, it's we really all have it. And it and it it um it shapes who we are, and so there's no there's no yeah. way that someone listening can't identify with it or learn something or you know take something from from your story. So uh, cool. I appreciate I mean, if, it. If it helps someone, I think that's killer. Absolutely. Um, can you see the screen over there, Jay? Yeah, I see. Yeah, like yeah. I'm now up in a little window. Oh. Yeah, let me, uh... Alan will do a share screen when he's ready, and we'll. I'm just gonna sit here and drink uh, Worcester's finest polar raspberry lime, which is only bested, in my opinion, by cranberry lime. But Alan mm. 
Poirier Strong and I fucking shredded all the cranberry lime today, so now I'm down to raspberry. Dude, Polar's the best. It's so oh. much better than LaCroix or LaCroix. Whatever uh, don't even get me started on these fucking LaCroix boys trying to front. Get out of here. Dude, it's, I know. It's not even close. Mm-mm. It's not even close. Don't have to tell <laughs> me. That was a burp. Ooh. So can you see that now, Jay? Uh, yeah. News article? Okay, we've got a little like, the, news article. Oh, this is the dude that fought like in that big fight like last yeah, year. Yeah, Mayweather. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the boxing um, match. So, so oh. Alan, do you know about this story? This yeah. is the one I was talking about earlier. I heard about I it, yeah. you had heard. Yeah, I, I read a little bit um, kind of on the back end of it, basically that this, is, uh, this has been a thing since December, but he also recently... Um, so essentially... Best way to put it. Yeah. From what I've read, this headline is legit bullshit. Um, and it's it's the actual like how do I how do I even say this? Basically, this is what his people are trying to refute. Not even the claim, but that the the retire that he retired right before and that the this. sexual assault yes. allegation are not connected. That's what I heard. Um, the, from what I understand, because you know McGregor has a history of doing this, and if a, a lot of websites, the comments on it are like. You know, I didn't even bat an eye at him retiring because he's done this before. And they typically it is a it's a negotiation tactic. Right. He'll come back uh, six months. And yeah. So he's talking to yeah, Dana White at yeah. the UFC saying essentially he wants either part ownership in the UFC, just period. Mm-hmm. Or for his next fight, he wants pay-per-view points because that's where the that's where the money is. OK. Um, and are, are, Dana White says, absolutely not, of course. Right. And so he said, OK, well, then I retire. And then we'll see. And a lot of people are like, why wouldn't he just go fight for a different organization? And that's because of contracts. He's not contractually allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. Now, so. are, are you... Okay, so like a week ago, Brendan Schaub had put out a video on his podcast. The big, right. What is it called? Big Brown? Brent, big Brown big, Breakdown, big I think. Big Brown Breakdown. Yeah. And he was discussing how, in his opinion, he didn't think and he didn't want McGregor to come back and fight. Right, because yeah. it's not that he didn't want to see him fight. It's like we we all love McGregor, want to see him fight, but he has everything going for him now. He's the owner of that whiskey company. Yeah, sure. Like he doesn't need any more fucking brain damage. Well, like, I think what I read too now. is that fighting is now his third or fourth tier of um, income. Of income, yeah. That's and also, so if he if it, who's he yeah. gonna fight? If he fights. What Nate Diaz again, and he loses. I mean, I That's have a, a I have a slew disaster. of fights I would love to see him. I oh wanna, well, of course. I want to see him against fans. Ferguson. I want to. I agree. I agree. I think. I think. But Nate, that's not what Shab was saying. He was talking yeah. about as a businessman and his his livelihood and career. Which, I get that, but listen, I'm gonna like, come proper at twelve is gonna go down if he loses. I'm gonna. I don't give a shit about that. I don't own that company. Like that's my thing. Is right. that I'm an MMA fan. Right. Like I want to see what I want to see. I'm selfish. Right. You're not a Conor McGregor businessman. I, I don't give a fuck exactly. if it if it ruins his business or not. That's up to him. Okay. Because I tend to agree with you. I was just curious what you thought. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. And in in terms of the allegation, I don't. I don't know, know anything. It's about It's an allegation. That's what I know. Yeah. You know. Right. So. Right. Are yeah. you uh, Jay? Are you an MMA fan? I meant to ask you that earlier. I would not. I would classify myself as someone. Uh, who's interested i, I yeah. got i got interested when rob from ruiner started doing it who's a homie and I, oh like, crazy yeah, and i was just like dude like the angriest fucking irishman i've ever met so i was just like that actually adds up but yeah um, right i don't have a ton of my time in my life right now to like do much other than be producer dad guy however yeah, for sure um when i see it i'm like the shit is crazy and i don't yeah. know a ton, a ton about it i did 
I had a band in from Maryland. Actually, I'm gonna plug them. They're called Birthright. Like, uh, you know, like they've got their own lives. I don't know if they would be huge, but like, very talented, very sincere dudes that I made like a great connection with. Um, they were here and they wanted to watch it, so I bought it and we put it up on the TV. So we watched that. Uh, was it the Mayweather fight? The mm-hmm. yeah. So we watched that all together, and I was like, "Dude, this shit is sick!" And like, it made me kind of want to get into more, but I haven't. I really haven't. Yeah, yeah. But I'm aware of who these people are and stuff. Right. Yeah. You get because I, I mean, at this point, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's fair. Like, I got into it, Jesus, like seven years ago. So it's like it's okay. been one of those things that it's just a part of my life. Like, I watch shit. I'm I'm aware of it. But yeah, I have some friends that I try to get into it, and I always I typically forget that you don't know the the cast of characters it's hard to like anything james and i were just talking about game of thrones i was like i don't know who any of the characters are and it's so much of of an investment for me to figure it out that i'm not into it and everybody else is losing their minds about it i got into mma later uh a few of my friends were really really into it Mm. and so just by proximity i started to get more into it now i'm i'm probably an average fan would you yeah yeah i would say I know, I know average enough above to average. Hang. Yeah, yeah you, you above want, average. And and you listen. Some of the podcasts you listen to are dudes that are in the industry. So that's also why you're you're gleaning a bunch of info, whether you're a fan or not. You yeah, know? if you listen to Joe Rogan for more than ten episodes, you're gonna get <laughs> sure some, sure. some oh. knowledge of jujitsu and sure, yeah. sure. He's always. I, I watched an episode of uh, JRE recently where like he had some physicist on, and you could tell the physicist was maybe boring him or something. Yeah. So he found a way to like link link whatever the physicist was saying to MMA because he <laughs> was funny. like dude let's let's get in my wheelhouse a little bit because I'm yeah. feeling retarded get the meathead vibe in yeah here. yeah that's great um, I probably would like glued to the physicist but yeah he, oh absolutely yeah. <laughs> I mean I just listened to a recent episode where there's two uh did you and I talk about this James Mm-mm. there's two dudes uh they're both oh yeah they're the ones that hated each other yeah they're it was uh, the best the most dramatic thing but are ever. they biophysicists or bio so anyway no they were um one guy had the opinion that sugar and carbohydrates didn't cause right. as much damage as people are saying now. The other guy is like pure, the like uh, ketogenic Dude. diet. And they're both like they're both crazy intelligent, crazy smart and mocking each other. So like they're unhealthy. Their communication skills were the worst. Dude, I listened to the entire three and hour. They, I it, loved it. Yeah, it was like uh, two of the guys in the Eagles talking. They fucking sure. hated each other. Yeah, it was like uh, it was amazing. It was like if Jerry Springer filmed one episode <laughs> at Harvard. It was That's so awesome. Dude, I looked up like a just a brief history of those two. Yeah. And they've been going at it for like a decade. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, there's that history. Yeah. Yeah, they they were close friends like a decade ago. Yeah. They've done a couple debates. Like uh, it was great. Um, a, lot right. of, a lot of sexual tension. The, yeah, I'm sure. Huh. Uh, the next thing I, I don't even think I'm going to share. I just figured I'd read it off this so that we can do our thing here. If it's just a uh, an article. Yeah. Uh, it says woman sues cemetery after sinking waist deep into her parents' grave. Yeah, I don't really remember what that means. Uh, it says uh, an Irish American woman is suing a cemetery for five million after sinking into her parents. Uh, burial plot, which that's almost like the headline. Why do they have that there twice? Uh, so um, Joanne Cullen, 64, was visiting her parents' grave at the St. Charles Resurrection Cemetery in New York in 2016 when she was swallowed waist deep by a sinkhole. Jesus, mother Whoa. of God. She was fixing a wreath by the headstone when she began to sink. She fell forward and smashed her head on the tombstone and cracked a tooth, according to her lawyer. Ooh, that's fucked okay. up. I mean, that's like the worst day ever. Oh, yeah, she, then she had to up. grab onto the sides of her parents' tombstone as she sunk deeper into the ground. She screamed for help, but no one could hear her. I shouldn't be laughing, but that's fucking unreal. Yeah. So if 
if, <sighs> if anything, her complaint then is like just poor upkeep of the. Because I mean, you shouldn't be. What, well, what is going on? I mean, like that's a question. Yeah. Like, you, at this point, you have to get into like what are what is the. Um, I own a couple of buildings in Western Mass. I'm a landlord, like whatever. So like I am like versed in like understanding code and like understanding what my obligations are as far as the law goes in terms of like upkeeping stuff to a certain degree, right? Right. But, like, so the the question isn't like I don't think anyone would dispute like sinking into your parents' grave <laughs> is fucking traumatizing and it's like maybe awful. not something you can recover from. But if the question is who is liable, that's yeah. gonna come down to like like is like is there a clause or a fucking one well, also who wins here? I mean she even said something it's a small cemetery. Like if yeah. she sues them for all their words, she's not it's just probably family that runs these cemeteries. Yeah, right. For she sure. said she just wants people to learn from it. Like, is there is there is there negligence on the part of the cemetery where they knew if they like they yeah, were obligated yeah. to do X, Y, and Z, but if they didn't do X, Y, and Z, then these things might occur, and one of those things might be a fucking sinkhole. It could like, just be bad luck. Sometimes you know, bad but, things oh, happen. You know? But how? But if it's like act of God level, then like now we're talking like insurance. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Jesus. Either way, the poor bitch. Sucks. I know, poor. <laughs> no shit, dude. Yeah, that is rough. Can't imagine. You're, you're there grieving for your dead parents, and then you start falling into the grave where they are. Yeah, that is yeah. crazy. It's like, like an Indiana Jones movie or something. Like I love tacos, and I'm like not even trying to fall into a sinkhole of tacos. No, you know what I mean? Like uh, not at all. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe though. I don't know. Uh, other <sighs> thing we got is uh. FBI reviewing why charges were dropped against Empire actor Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Um, this one's very interesting. It is. I mean, it's... I feel like it's one of those things that, you know, they can't prove it happened to him and they can't really prove that he orchestrated anything. But at the same time... Uh, they, they can prove a lot that, didn't that, he, they, that he did make it all up. Well, they were in contact with the two individuals that he quote-unquote hired, right? For 3000 Can you quickly, like, yeah. bring me up to speed on this? I dude, this proves how out of touch I am. I just sit so, down here and make records. Are, are you familiar with the initial story of like, does that name ring a bell? So the, the name I've heard and people like say it to me as though like, you know, the thing. And I'm like, right, I just right. nod and go like, yeah, but like, I don't know, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it's I guess it sort of has been the thing, I, su I suppose. Yeah. I don't big, know. Big story for sure. Yeah, I'm also not super keyed into to current events, but um, essentially he was a... Uh, Jesse Smollett was the he was an actor on the show Empire, which I'm also grossly yeah. unaware of, but sure. I believe that it's a thing. Um, In fact, I've never met anyone that knows that show. No, yeah, uh, that watches the show. I, I kept thinking people were just shortening Boardwalk Empire with Steve <laughs> oh Buscemi. That show yeah, has have, to be done. Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, he he basically just made a claim that uh, two two individuals attacked him at like 2 a.m. in Chicago. I think it was. Uh -huh. uh, they were screaming MAGA while putting a noose around his neck and pouring what he believed to be bleach all over him. Two white guys wearing MAGA hats and screaming, this is Trump country. Right, right. Uh, um, okay. And yeah. he, but then, you know, some suspicious. He's a black guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a black dude. A black uh, gay guy, too. Oh, okay. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Um, sure. Some some suspicious details popped out, like that he he left the noose that they placed around his neck. They left He left it on himself for like an hour and a half to two hours until the police arrived, was wearing it when they did arrive. 
And there was um, a camera in the area, and they never, it, none of that was on footage. Yeah. So he had an yeah. outpour of support for, I would say, 24 to 48 hours. Like immediately. Couple detractors, uh-huh. but nothing, no. And, real- but most of the support, and this is where people are getting kind of pissed. Most of it was like, you know, this is the this is America we live in in 2019. Yeah, and this is the uh, outwardly racist country, and th- this and that. I'm not. De- we yeah, don't no, need to course, get into that. It's yeah, not a political yeah. thing, but yeah, it was very much. Th- there's no uh, question that it happened. Right? They took the yeah. story and just fucking ran with it. And then it slowly swayed in the other way, where the right. the detractors kind of overtook the supporters, and um, it yeah, and then well, he. He did an interview on fucking ABC News, whatever it was, and, and looked pretty like it wasn't good yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. He, he looked like pretty a nuts. PR tour, which yeah. victims don't typically do. Yes. And he was like, you know, you got to believe me and all. The, and uh, well, then all these other stories started to parallel like he was up for negotiation for his salary on the show. Right. Yeah. And that, okay. again, nothing was lining up per his story. And not just to the point that we, the people or the media were saying it, the Chicago Police Department had had enough they they had spent hundreds of hours uh investigating this thing a Looked whole at team his phone of people, records phone and, records yeah. and then to the got to the point where they he was now the only suspect for making sure. this up right. so they filed 16 felony charges on him sure had him come in did all the interviews and stuff and then from the chicago police department's investigation they got sent to cook county which is the county around there mm-hmm. and now now everyone's saying that the I think it's like the prosecutor or whatever of that county um, seems to, from other people's point of view, is a little too close to the, the Smollett family. And so that she dropped wow. the charges. And so I mean, now the a very far-leaning left, typically liberal mayor of Chicago is even out going like, what the fuck? How come these charges were dropped? Yeah. We had all sure. this stuff on it, blah, blah. So it's a, it's a really complicated story. But now the FBI Sounds is even questioning cook county and be like why is this now now it seems like there's even foul play times two someone had possibly even made up this story and now why did we drop these charges so to summarize um potentially someone made up some bullshit Mm -hmm. and um, allegedly who knows right potentially someone made up some bullshit and they might have motivations Mm -hmm. to do so and then when it was investigated further they found cracks in the story then they further investigated those cracks and they came up with um, counter arguments that may or may not disprove the bullshit uh, story or uh, mm-hmm. the story about some bullshit. Um, yeah, right. And uh, now everybody's all emotionally charged over this. Why? I Well, I think the, 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 the only thing that has any weight to it and why people care is if someone made up a story about a hate crime and it wasn't Ooh. true. That's horrible, because uh-huh. hate crimes yeah. do happen. Right. But marginalized people do get attacked. Definitely. There, there are racial attacks, homophobic attacks, whatever you go down the, the list. Yeah. And yeah. for someone right. to to lie about it and then get public outcry and even benefits from it is obviously terrible. Does and so, mean- so whoever did, if he, if that was true, then the hope was that for once someone would be held accountable for it yeah, almost yeah. like when a cop gets away with shooting someone yeah you're just like not again jesus fucking christ yeah, yeah. so it's, it's similar in that way so i think that's and now like fucking everything it's turned political so if you support jesse smollett you're probably leaning far to the left if that's, you right. really are outright critical of him you're far to the, it's bullshit 
So it's just a really weird concept to me because it doesn't seem like the evidence exists for anyone to make like a completely like valid divisive like yeah, I wasn't judgment there. either wasn't there. way. So this is like something that's obviously going on like now a lot, which is yeah. um, like a uh, burden of evidence seems to be not needed for so many things. And mm-hmm. I think it is dangerous. And I think it's really, really unfortunate. It, I don't know. I, I'm just learning about this literally in this moment. But like, if the case were to be that someone was to manipulate which, something that is a racially, emotionally charged, horrible thing mm-hmm. that clearly does occur, and they were to leverage that for their own benefit, what you are doing is crying wolf and you are fucking yep. over every person who has a legitimate claim. And that That's fucking right. sucks. Um, however, um, the, uh, the, uh, the process to determine whether or not the claim is legitimate does not fall on the constituents of this Republic and (laughs) you can have your opinion, but why don't you also take a second if you want to actually know to either find enough evidence to substantiate that opinion to enough to satisfy you and those who would challenge you or say, I don't have enough information to substantiate that opinion. That last part is really tough for people to do nowadays, which is a huge bummer. I see it in everything. Yeah. All the time. I know you're right. And, and and news sources are so weird now. It's like, where do you go? You don't, they're capitalistic. You're fucked. Yeah. It's one side or the other. They all have intention. They're all rooting for their team. It's yeah. a huge bummer. Rogan had a, a guy on. He's a like a a reporter, journalist, whatever, and he works for Vice News. He's one of the guys on like the Vice shows, and mm-hmm. he's like fucking hardcore dude. He goes to all like the front line in oh, right. in Iraq and Afghanistan. He goes to, like Venezuela, super dangerous shit, and he's always going around the world covering these really intense stories. And he was just. He was just like talking to Rogan about how much of a bummer it is that there are actual journalists out there. There are actual people in the media that do this from a good point of view or for a good reason, objective, and they're just reporting the facts, you know? And even then, it's not good enough. People well, still will either no, call it fake no, news no. or they just. Uh, you can't it's crazy, it. man. For-profit news, right? Like, what, what's going to win? And what's going to win is what gets viewership or clicks or whatever. And I um, know. And, and typically, I know. the best way to gather that stuff is to incense emotions. And when yep. you stoke those, yeah, when you stoke those emotions, you get more. And it is a a bummer. It, it, it's, a, it's a two-times bummer. It's a bummer they would do it. It's very unethical. And it is also a bummer that we have not educated our population to the point for them to easily discern the difference between someone trying to make a buck and someone earnestly trying to report and understand facts. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Sure. What do we got? Uh, the last one is uh, Justin Bieber faces scary moment when strange woman walks into his hotel room. Jesus. Uh, It says, Justin Bieber got the shock of his life when a strange woman suddenly barged into the singer's Laguna Beach, California hotel room Tuesday. Uh, The Laguna Beach Police Department tweeted about the the incident after it was reported by TMZ. 
says, okay, here is a lesson on how to not get arrested. Do not party at night and into the next day till you get kicked out of a five-star hotel. Sergeant Jim Cota, uh, Laguna Beach Police Department public information officer, tweeted Tuesday, when you do get kicked out, do not come right back again and accidentally walk into Justin Bieber's room with him still inside. Whoa. Um, and then it says uh, the police department also retweeted the officer's post. I feel weird that the police officers got like this fucking cute tweet about this. That feels <laughs> just back. feels a little unprofessional. Uh, and then for it to be retweeted like and shit. Tweet, yeah. Go protect and serve. Get off your fucking phone. Um, about Justin Bieber. But yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't say that he was hurt or anything. And how often is this happening for celebrities? I mean, I, this is the second time it's happened with him that I know about for At, sure. Last week, Taylor Swift had some like a repeat stalkers, some guy that's already broken into her house twice yeah. before. Well, and this woman doesn't broken even sound like week. she was a stalker. I think she was fucking blackout drunk or severely huh. hung over. <laughs> right. To where she just was walking in and Could who knows, anyone. maybe his room was near hers or some shit. Whoa. I mean, that doesn't I, make it like that doesn't make it not a dumbass fucking and likely illegal thing to do. It just means that sure. your motivations might not have been as malicious or illicit as others would like to uh, think they were just because the person of whom this room yeah. did stumble into happened to be a celebrity. Like it, it or, or it's a combination of the two. It, it easily right. could be, it could be a, you know, the, the drunk part could be a veil for the fact that like it, you know, she, maybe she got wasted because she gathered the courage to break into Justin Bieber's room. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to say. However, yep. I mean, Justin Bieber, like, you know, fucking, like, you know, very successful individual. So so as far as I hear, um, yeah. ha- hasn't hit me up for recording, Bieber, you know, I'm here. <laughs> but um, ultimately, like, we're all citizens, right? So, I mean, I, I would treat it as though uh, they broke into my room. I mean. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that was it for Currents. I mean, yeah, he's probably got like a better room than me. So, I, but for I sure. Oh yeah, I would <laughs> yeah. imagine. I, I would imagine. Yeah. God damn it! I mean, yeah, and, and this is like an old thing. Everyone always talks about this, but can you imagine what it would actually be like to be, uh, however old he was when he first got famous? What was he like sixteen, fifteen, even yeah. even earlier? Yeah, yeah. Nah, I think Usher, Usher discovered him or some shit when he was like thirteen. I mean, come on, and you get all that money and <sighs> fame. Yeah. How how do you not become that guy? Yeah, I would be so suspicious if he didn't, you know, race people in his Lamborghini and like fuck everything that moved. Yeah, all it's the just, drugs that's what you do. You're that's what you do. Immature as shit. I would imagine I that he has uh, difficulty finding um, an honest sense of community with people. Oh yeah, that I he know. can trust, and um, because he has that, people have so much to gain by associating with him. And mm-hmm. maybe early on when he was a little bit younger and, and early on to his success and a little bit more naive and probably he has under his belt at least a couple of situations where he felt like he was like good, like with someone. And yeah. then it, it became unveiled that unfortunately uh, someone had ulterior motives. Maybe they did like him, like whatever too, but they had all, and it's so complicated, right? But like maybe they also yeah. had ulterior motives and that like has fundamentally undermined his trust and He's treated like a commodity and, you know, truthfully, like happiness and stuff like he probably wouldn't know how to live any other way. However, like, I mean, dude, like, you know, what do they say? Like the diminishing returns on wealth are like so rapid. And so like Mm -hmm. once you have like established like your shit and you've established like, okay, I've got enough income, I've got saving, whatever it is. And you're like, I'm kind of good. Like 
from there, like your, your happiness quotient or whatever you want to call it, starts to taper off like really, really quickly. And yeah, um, I mean, you would, of course, if given such fame at such a young age, your coping mechanisms that you build would reflect needing the environmental conditions upon which they were constructed. Right. And that poor bastard had his shit constructed in some very unusual and probably financially motivated conditions. And I think that would probably fuck someone up pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in a way that would be like the, Crazy. that would be the deepest cut heckle for him as if somebody in the audience was like, your success probably makes it hard to find out if somebody loves you unconditionally. He would just be like, fuck, dude, show over. Yeah. I'm fucking hard done, truth. dude. Yeah. yeah. God damn, I got money and Lamborghinis and women, but yeah. you just broke my fucking heart. Yeah, he's used to people just saying dumb shit all night. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you hit him with that fucking psychology degree, and he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm he just out. drops the mic and Retired. Walks away. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Justin. Jesus. Uh, uh, we do the movie now? Yeah, let's do the movie pick and let this guy go. Are we watching a trailer? Yeah, as I mentioned to you earlier, I am a huge movie guy. What do you call it, Alan? A cinephile? Cinephile, yeah. Cinephile. You're for sure, like, of anybody I've ever met, you're number one cinephile I know. Well, for movies. You're the first person that I felt like I could use that word accurately. Ah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so this movie is a, a movie that was made a few years ago. It's called Leave No Trace, and actually it's a special one because my buddy who used to be the singer in the band I played in. His name is Michael Draper. He had a small role in this movie. He's he's an actor. He moved down to Los Angeles to do that full-time. And, uh, yeah, he has a small, very, very small role in this movie, but he is in it. And it's a movie based actually here in Portland. So it is a... Oh, I just had the... Sorry. Okay. Will, an Iraq war veteran suffering from PTSD, lives with his 13-year-old girl, his 13-year-old daughter, in a public park inside Portland, Oregon. So out in the Washington Park. This is a true story. This actually happened. And they live in isolation, only entering town occasionally for food and supplies. Will makes their money by selling his VA-issued painkillers to other veterans. And it goes on from there, but he's he's like really isolation isolationist, you know, super like kind of libertarian, nervous about the federal government, and clearly has a lot of fucked up mental stuff going on from being in war cool but uh it's real it's a very sweet it's actually a very sweet movie about a dad and his daughter just trying to make it and yeah again it was a true story i remember hearing about this that they had found this father and daughter existing in the public park of portland oregon in the west hills damn like uh, by the I, zoo and stuff. I, I never heard about it that's crazy yeah they're just sleeping in a tent and stuff out there just existing and they'd you know they got really good at like they would hear people on the trail, so they'd be quiet. Yeah. And, like, run up the hill. And caught because, like, the sheriff's department knew they were out there, so they're always looking for them and chasing them around. Nuts, man. Oh, and it's right. just a story about that and, and veteran culture and what our government and what we as people do with veterans. And yeah. Yeah, re- really good movie. All yeah. right, I'm going to roll it. Trailer. Yeah, it's right up here. <laughs> 
He's got him. Stand up. You alone out here? My daughter's with me. Dad? Let's go. Can you tell me where you live? In the park? There's 435 questions. Respond true or false to each question. Who taught you how to read? My dad teaches me. You're actually quite a bit ahead of where you need to be. I wake up rested and peaceful most mornings. True. My day-to-day -day life is full of things that keep me interested. True. I have nightmares or troubling dreams. Was your dad in the service? He was. Do you feel safe living with your dad? We didn't need to be rescued. Your dad needs to provide you shelter and a place to live. He did. It's not a crime to be unhoused, but it's illegal to live on public land. We have found an option. Are we gonna be okay here? You can still think our own thoughts. Keep pedaling. Look where you wanna go. School is about social skills, not just intellectual ones. I think it might be easier on us if we try to attack. We're wearing their clothes, we're in their house, we're eating their food, we're doing their work. We have adapted. Another white person bummer movie. So I have an admission. The uh, sound didn't work. Oh no! Oh, what? We forgot to share audio. It's okay. I maybe. It's uh, okay. Wait, could you hear us though? I could hear you guys breathing. It was hot. Uh, got it. Weird. Yeah. That's t <laughs> what a fucking fail. Yeah, you gotta do it, share computers now. Oh, uh, it's okay. Well, That's caught, caught. There's caught, that. Caught the gist. It, it would have been a. You're so polite for like not fucking saying anything. The whole do you let a whole trailer go by? I have much bigger problems. <laughs> that is you hilarious. Can go watch it, um, it looks cool. Yeah. So it from that trailer, I'm sure it looks cool. <laughs> I was, I was really entranced by how they use so much technology to capture yeah. those images so vividly. Yet brought no microphones. I thought yeah. as an audio engineer, <laughs> right. like, wow, like, man, that's like a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. Right. That'd yeah. be sick that's if impressive. You, if, I would love to hear what you think the movie's about just based on the no sound trailer. That'd be mm -hmm. a fun game to do sometimes. Yeah. Just, just watch random trailers. <laughs> Dude. And then it'll probably be a better movie than what it actually is. We should totally do that as a game for the show. That would yeah. Be well, sick. So I think the girl was going on a helicopter ride over um, Mount Hood that she sort of forced into she like didn't necessarily want to go on but that's like, it she felt like the social pressure of her parents and stuff to go on and so um fortunately the helicopter wasn't at an altitude where she could no longer receive lte data so mm -hmm. she was playing Fortnite, and then of course her um evil stepmother got super mad she was like no pay attention mount hood's so tight 
and then she hit the phone and then like her phone fucking fell into the forest she's like dude that's right i have to go get this fucking phone right now so then yep. she went down there and she went down there and there's the fucking cops and the fucking cops were in the woods and she's like oh my god it's the cops just trying to fortnite that's pretty much it's it. the forest cops fuck yeah, that's pretty good you had yeah. me a helicopter yeah you yeah, nailed so. it you nailed anyway, it i'd rather see your version that's great, great man yeah so it, I, I can't wait to see it <laughs> Well, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate yeah. all your time. I, Anytime. I know that uh, you don't you don't have a lot of free time to be tossing around. So I don't. Thanks for using it uh, on us. I don't. But this is fun stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah I had a blast. Thank you so much. It was cool to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Uh, where can people find you on the information? Oh, my God. I like kind of hate my links, but uh, you can find me at jmoss.com. Um, that's probably the best place. And then, you know, oh. From there, you'll find me, J-A-Y-M-A-A-S.com, the Dutch version. But yeah, that's like my website, and I need to update it. Uh, you can Where you can really find me, you can either find me here making records for people or five minutes away from here at my favorite burrito place. Nice. Dude, there a burrito sounds so good right now. Or yeah. six months from now, you can find me in the suburb, not too far from you guys. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I already forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. We'll have to kick it when you're here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, show me around. Show me, show me the ropes. Definitely. Cool, man. Well, thanks again for being on. Sounds good. We appreciate it. All right. Good night, guys. We'll talk to you yeah, later, man. man. Enjoy the rest of your night. All right, see you. Bye. Bye.
reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.